to What Are You Doing Movie Archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down In Front. Our movie this week is John Carter. Pop in your DVD or blurry, press play, press pause. When the Disney logo is really, really red, and then it fades to black. And then at the first frame, it proceeds to fade to black at you press pause. In a second, I'll say three, two, one, on pause. I'll press play. You'll press. It's a commentary podcast. You've done these before, right? Come on. You know what we're talking about. Disney logo fades to black. Press pause. Leave a message after the beep. In a second, we'll press play. That's how it goes. And it'll be like any other commentary, except, of course, with four friends in your head. And those friends this week are myself, as always, T. Christie, my friend Brian, William Venevder. Greetings. Michael Dorkman Scott. Hello. And Trey the Amazing Stokes. Barsoom. John Carter, huh? Wow, Andrew. Um, <laughs> this was. Um, everything about this is just a little bit strange. Uh, <laughs> just a little. Well, it's just odd that, you know, this. I, I, more than anything else, I really feel bad for Andrew Stanton because he got put through the ringer. This movie got that whole Heaven's Gate, the, the, the publicized failure rap at the time it was out. And it must have been a hard couple of weeks for him to wake up and just check his iPad in the morning. Uh, and I feel bad for Andrew Stanton because, you know, I like Andrew Stanton. Uh, I also like this movie. What up? <laughs> oh, snap. Drop okay. the mic. I like this movie. Doom. Now, I think there's a lot of technical. I, there's a lot I can see that's wrong ish with it, but I was watching it last night and I had a great time with it. I got my head into the right headspace, and after about 40 the first 45 minutes were weird. In fact, the first scene that takes place is on Mars, and it's a cold open fight scene that I, I disagree with. At the time, it, it shook me pretty violently out of the movie, and looking back on it, I'm not exactly sure what the point of that was. I think it should have started in Virginia in 1888, or better yet, I should have, it might have just started with him opening his eye on Mars at the beginning. But in any case, that first scene screwed me up, and it didn't. It didn't grab me for a while, but after about 45 minutes in, I actually was enjoying the movie just fine. I think, I think it's just about as good as Star Wars or something else, and I want to understand why it's not. What? <laughs> <laughs> Brian? John Carter? Uh, actually, upon rev- I watched it in the theater when it came out, uh, and upon reviewing uh, yesterday slash this morning, I actually think it deserves a little more credit than it got at the time. Uh, it's still not a good movie, uh, and it still has a lot of issues, but there are, there is good stuff in it. Uh, I'm... As everybody probably knows, I'm a huge fan of anything related to Mars, and I will love anything that. Do you still have a Mars globe? I do. Um, I went to a Mars party the other week. As a matter of fact, is how big of a Mars head I am. Where on Mars (laughs) is helium? (laughs) Uh, Well, I don't think they say, but logically, I would say it's probably in and around the Hellas Basin. (laughs) <laughs> cool. You, you take the ninth ray all the way out, yeah. and then when you get to the end, you make a right on, on PCH. But God, PCH you, goes all the way PCH up. PCH does. does. Really you, does. It's a lot longer well, than Sep- people realize. Sepulveda does, too. I was in San Francisco the other weekend, and I'm like, Sepulveda's up there. Yeah. What? Anyway, um, there, there is there is good stuff in, in this movie. I, there's a lot of things that... There's a lot of like nice... Because uh, it's it's a space opera, but there's not a, like a lot of nice anti-space opera moments that we'll talk about when we get to them. But overall, there's a lot of flaws. Taylor Kitsch is just a cardboard cutout of a human being. Taylor and Kitsch is on the same level as Anthony Weiner, where it's like, God, you just had to be named that, didn't you? I mean, <laughs> God damn. How unfortunate is this, that your name is Kitsch? Yeah. Um, and I, then, you know. I also think there's an issue with uh, kind of a cultural... I think there's you have a lot of issues sometimes with... Pulling material source material from way back in our history in in the science fiction genre because our I think our suspension of disbelief gets more sophisticated culturally over time because now we know more about Mars and we know more about science and space in general culturally even people who know nothing yeah. and so it's like well even somebody who doesn't know crap about Mars or space knows that there aren't four armed creatures there so there's a disconnect there that makes this more science fantasy or space fantasy 
more akin to Star Wars than it was pro- probably intended uh, at, at when Edgar Rice yeah. Burroughs first uh, first wrote the books. That's what took, that's what made me take forty five minutes. As I spent forty five minutes going, okay, I'm focusing on the screen. Like, all right, pretend yeah. it's a different planet. Just forget the Mars. Exactly, thing. and that's just that's, pretend this is another. Uh, it's a Star Wars planet somewhere. That's pretty much what you have to do. Is go okay. I, they're, they're calling it Mars, but it's really Pandora slash Tatooine slash whatever. And just kind of you, you kind of have to make that leap, um, which I think might be a difficult leap for some people to yeah, make. Mix Pandora and Tatooine. It's Pandoweeny. Dorkman. Uh, yeah. So I actually um, I pseudo worked on this. I worked on the 3D conversion, so I didn't like actually unclean, do any of, unclean. Yeah, I didn't do any of the cool work, but I did. Um, I did see. I did see a lot of it coming through, and and it inclined me to read the at least the first book. Mm-hmm. Um, had, you, had you not before that? No. No, and um, I, I'm sorry. Princess of Mars is the Twilight of 1912. Or whatever <laughs> it, is. it is a terrible book. It's just not well. Re- it's got some. It's got a lot of cool ideas, which I suppose you can't really level at Twilight. Um, but, but just writing wise, it's 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 not good. And um, I, I don't know if it's it was good for its time. I mean, it must have been because it was so seminal and popular, but then again, so is Twilight. Um, have you ever read other Edgar Rice Burroughs stuff? I have not. That's the okay. only thing I've read. I haven't read Tarzan I'd be interested to know if it's a like him that. thing or if it's a that book thing. I, I, I'd be curious too. But, um, so the movie, the, this movie is primarily a Princess of Mars, but apparently takes in um, the the following uh, books, so uh, The Gods of Mars and Warlord of Mars. Um, which I didn't bother to read because I didn't like the first one enough, and uh, it definitely it, it it makes a better movie than than a straight adaptation. But it tries too hard to remain a straight adaptation. It try it, it tries to take as few liberties as possible, which is exactly the wrong way. And to it do needed it. more liberties, taken. and it needed far more liberties taken um, to make it truly cinematic. And as you said, to make it cinematic for today right um when we not so much i for some reason i was i didn't have a problem maybe because i read the book so i knew what we were kind of dealing with i didn't have a problem suspending okay we're talking about the 1800s impression of mars right we're not talking about today mars and so i didn't really have the the canals and all of that stuff okay let's pretend this movie was made then fine um but it still didn't quite it it tells more of a story than the book does because the book is is very much more episodic. It's like this happens and John Carter escapes Next and then week this happens on Mars. and jo- yeah, it's totally yeah, well, it's serialized it, and that's the point. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a serialized thing. So mm. so this one actually <coughs> combines a lot of different stuff and actually tries to tell a story. If anything, I think it tries to do too much because there's too many different things going on. There's there's the um, uh, the Thern. Or what, whatever they're called, the, yeah, yeah. like the space wizards, and uh, and and then his <laughs> the Jedi, yeah, the wizards, <laughs> and his romantic relationship with with uh, Deja uh, Deja Thoris, who which is barely more developed than it is in the book, and I don't know. I, I think I think they probably if they if they wanted so badly to make this into a series, they probably should have stepped back a bit and just let the first one be, you know his introduction to Mars and him becoming a part of, of the world of Mars. But I don't know. As opposed to doing the whole galactic civil war. Yeah. As opposed to having to to stuffing the entire trilogy into the first movie. But the movie we have before you, is this a meh? Is this a hate it? Is this a, what is it? No, I don't hate it. Um, I, I, I certainly don't think it's, I mean, Come on. <laughs> Think about what we've seen the last couple months. Yeah. I can't, it's uh, no battleship. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but at, it's close. At no level can I say that. But 
so I don't hate it, but it's just kind of like non-starter. Who? Yeah, exactly. It's like who who watched this movie and thought, yes, this is going to launch <laughs> us into the next decade of a franchise. Yeah. yeah. Now Trey, <laughs> yeah, you liked it, right? Oh well, you know, you had a whole thing about how much you, you know. Liked the John whole Carter. thing about Ged Carter is, of course, is a classic caper with Michael Caine, and <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I yeah, thought yeah. the Stallone remake didn't really capture. That's is that the one we're doing? No, we're doing uh, something about Mars. Oh fuck, we're doing uh, John Carter. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we could do Get Carter of Mars if you want to split the difference. <laughs> I'm, I'm. That so would be that here. would be amazing if they if it if John Carter were actually a Get Carter like reboot where they were like, and now it's Mars. Yeah. Do we like, already? Well, so it's this Battleship. weird like Get Carter yeah. slash Total Recall yeah. kind we're, of. We're on our way. I mean, if we get keep John doing, Carter, if we keep doing remakes of everything all the time, we'll actually be out of things again. We have yeah. to actually start mashup remaking. Exactly. It's like if you go back, you know, that everyone has cool. the same grandparents, know, right? you know, it's going forward. It's like all, ultimately there'll only be one movie to be made and it'll be all the movies <laughs> all at once. Anyway. Uh, which this movie kind of is in many ways. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the, yeah, I saw, I saw it as, as, as you've said, it's, it, it, unfortunately, and movies often get this and they don't deserve it. It had that stink of failure before it ever hit the yeah. screen and that's not a good way to start. Um, however that happens sometimes movies it just had that's what happens and you know it's the worst thing you can have as a filmmaker is people thinking your movie sucks before anyone has ever actually seen it and that's that's a really hard thing to overcome although movies have come past that uh titanic was that movie too and avatar and avatar and they did okay so so i think there is a also additional factor that the movie sucks is a relative term your mileage may vary but the people didn't seem to like come home a lot and say you guys gotta go see john carter because this is the most awesome movie ever made um as to why that is there's a lot of reasons but i think for me i think the biggest one is is that it didn't quite strike the tone i think that would have made it work or could have made it work and i don't have i don't have the answer because i haven't spent a year and a half in pre-production on this movie you know agonizing over tone and i'm sure people did and they went with the way they went but but yeah there was there's that factor where it is based on a very pulpy very you know crazy juvenile series of books it is (laughs) the twilight of its era is about the best analogy i think you can you know come up with um not to mention the fact that, yes, the ad campaign said, you know, all those movies you like, this movie inspired them. And that's true. But as we've said in other things, we've all seen those other movies we yeah. like. Yeah. So this movie feels like a ripoff of those hundred other movies that we've seen. And that's unfortunate, too. And it's not the selling point that it should be. I mean, that should be a good selling point enough to go to a movie to say, you know, Star Wars, this book inspired Star Wars. And go, okay, that's worth my time. Yeah. But it doesn't actually work out that way. Really. I don't give a shit where the stuff I love <laughs> yeah. comes from. Yeah, yeah basically. True. So, so John Carter, uh, and apparently, you know, we can get into it a little more, but apparently they had, there was a belief within the John Carter administration that, <laughs> that, there, was, that, that there was more love for John Carter in the world than actually there turned out to be. Yeah. Uh, so, so I think, I, to me, I think I would go with, with uh, in general, I would say, Yes, it was too faithful, and they kept things a little too this you know pulpy without sort of giving us a way to justify why it had that tone to it, and um, and it just ended up not just it's it's just didn't it just doesn't didn't gel. Come, didn't gel it didn't yeah. come together. I there's a lot of great no. moments in it. Uh, you know, there's there's individual sections, and weirdly enough. Uh, the only time for me that the movie worked where I actually became engaged and was like, oh, wow, okay, that's kind of interesting, was at the very end when he wins and he gets the girl and they get married and boom, he gets thrown back to earth. And I was uh. like, oh, that's messed up. <laughs> that was the one time I really felt for the guy. I was like, wow, that oh, that sucks. Uh, so that was the part that worked for me. Yeah, yeah. All right, you're at the point where the bright-ass red Disney logo has faded to black like we are here. Put your finger on the button. <laughs> Three, 
two, one, John Carter of Mars. Okay. Now I hate I hate the fact that they opened on the scene that they opened on here. Um, well, well this well this little you know the beginning of Serenity moment is fine. Yeah, they're trying to do the Lord of the Rings prologue thing, which I Maybe. you need in, in this style of story with this kind of expanse. If you're going to do the big space fantasy opera, you need something along that introduction. It's, there's, I mean, not only just to explain what's going on, but I think there's actually something to be said for we are just currently used to movies of a certain type having this kind of intro on them. Yeah. And Prologue literally trip. just sight unseen, having an intro like this makes us put our head in that kind of movie space. Like, yeah. oh, it's going to be a big kind of this kind of big thing. Big sweeping epic right. operatic. Yeah. There's some interesting colors going on in a lot of this stuff. And sometimes it works for me and sometimes it doesn't. Well, the design and and effects work, of course, yeah, is great. I mean, there's that's, that's almost without saying. I think I think you know it's 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 now kind of it's it's only remarkable when a movie doesn't have flawless, yeah, amazing visual exactly. effects, uh, which it's almost kind of refreshing when you see that nowadays. Like, wow, that was a shot that wasn't really good. What a haven't seen one of those in a while. Yeah. Now, but this whole thing that's about to happen here. <laughs> now we're into it, where there's this big ass fight. I, I I have to imagine that the purpose for this being in the movie at all is because they needed something to open on, as opposed to... It's, it's the giant rock rolling down. Yeah. 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 But I would love James, for this... James Bond and his prior adventure. I would rather this time be spent getting the audience on board back on Earth, because this has the counterintuitive effect of throwing you out of the movie very hard. Really? Because I, I, I would uh, say, like, it doesn't make sense to get us on board on Earth, because yeah. we need to be on board with this. Yeah. This is the world that yeah, we're I going agree with to that. be yeah, experiencing. Yeah, I, I, I agree, too. I, I don't know if this is successful in that goal for some reasons, okay. but the... But the I, I, I do agree, because as we were just saying, they they did they are trying this is exactly what we were just talking about they are trying to set a tone and sort of get you in the headspace of okay you here's what you think you know about mars but this is what this story is about and it's about these you know flying gossamer ships and and people and and it's this you know this weird pulpy thing it's trying to get you into that headspace something about it isn't fully successful right um for you it, it had the opposite effect it, it it you know it lost you yeah. at first um so it's a it's a question of well what's why isn't this working when this does seem like the textbook way that, that how else would you start this movie um unless you unless you said look here's the deal right now there's something uh, maybe oh, maybe part of maybe part of the issue weirdly enough is in terms of expectations and and the 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 way a prologue is normally structured it almost it throws you into the deep end a little too quickly. Like it starts off with with uh, Tars Tarkas narrating. He's like, this, "It's Barsoom, and there's a couple of cities, and they're at war." And then it's just them fighting. Um, you almost expect a little bit more of an introduction. A little bit. More. It's like if you're going to do the narration, then then spend a few more sentences being exactly. Like, they yeah. had this in their past, and this is the situation. Right. But but this a new the, you know but but a new factor is coming to into play and blah blah blah. This was the first age, yeah. and then this is the second age, yeah. and now we're starting the third yeah. age. Yeah, and because we're starting the third age. Because he gets this weapon, and also because John Carter is about to come, right. come in onto the scene. I will say that so. that I think one of the things that, because at least for me, I got all the way to practically to the end of the movie before I was sure if Dominic West was a good guy or a bad guy. Do we <laughs> like him? Is he the good guy? Look, all I'm saying is you never see Dominic West yeah. and Young Gruffid in the same room at yeah. the same time. That's all I'm saying. Who is Dominic West? Which one was he? He's the, he's he's the guy the... with, the, with the, the, the guy they just gave the weapon to. Oh, yeah. Okay. The, the wire guy. Um, You'll notice at the end of the movie it actually says John Carter of Mars. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cutesy. But, you know, but, but that's, that's part of it is, is I, think there was, I think there were just some missing pieces in terms of, well, we just saw, we only saw it from their perspective. Yeah. We saw the, we saw the bad guy. Get defeated, but then get a new weapon. That that feels like a 
an open you would talk about you would show the good guy getting something like that. Like, yeah. Oh, he was almost down and out, but then he got a now. Oh, it's gonna it's a new ball game now. Um, so they weren't clear, at least for me, they weren't clear that no, this is the guy you hate. This is our bad guy. Who now has a powerful weapon? That's, he's Darth Vader. He's not. Yeah, he's not Obi Wan he, Kenobi. He's Darth Vader. Because he was introduced, like you just said, he was introduced being kind of down and out. Yeah. He's, so you're, he's, you're he's fighting. Like, he's fighting similar. nameless yeah. other people who you don't know and you don't know why. And and it's like okay, well, I, okay. He's, and your brain automatically will root for the underdog in any situation. Yeah. And oh, if anybody's getting their ass kicked, oh, he's losing. That's too yeah. bad. If, yeah. Hitler, if Hitler is getting his ass kicked, you're like, man, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're like, oh, this poor guy. Hitler, yeah. He's got he's got Russians on one side and Americans on the other side. That's got to suck yeah. for yeah. him. I mean, that w- you know, without the backstory of <laughs> no, he was a douchebag. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 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 no okay. genocide and the whole oh, oh, okay, oh, okay, okay, okay. 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 So that's probably so. So actually, that if we're if we're gonna you know do a backdoor rewrite, maybe that little. Tars Targus monologue should have said that the besieged people were this close to defeating the evil motherfucker. Right. Yeah. And then at the last minute, oh, the gods came in and then yeah. screwed everything up. Um, maybe that's the missing piece of information that could we really at least help. Um, and we're just talking about understanding the story at this point. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, because we do have there's helium and there's Zodanga. And they introduced it, but their ships do look very similar. <laughs> That's another thing. And it they look very similar. That's true. You, you can't, you can't a, really visually tell the difference between yeah. the bad guys yeah. and the good guys either. Not, not, not immediately. I mean, yeah. there are subtleties to them. Z- uh, Zodanga, I think, is more, has more red, whereas Helium is more blue. Yeah. But if, you know, coming in in the first three minutes... You're not going to cue yeah, on it that. It really is. Yeah. It's and that's and that's actually uh, you're you, still terrified by the fact that we're on Mars for some yeah. reason. You brought up you brought up Lord of the Rings and and uh, one of my quibbles and again this is me but uh, but one of the quibbles I have with this movie is yeah it's it has pulpy origins and so yes and and they I presumably they made a conscious decision to be very homagey and have this kind of wacky you know it's it, the design sense is is obviously very beautiful and there is yeah. design going on. But I'm like, but it's like I Treasure look at, Planet. It's made exactly. of wood and. I look like, at these. I look at these suits of uh, these suits of armor that they're wearing into combat, and I go, "Well, that suit of armor makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense for the planet they live on, the environment they live in, or anything, or as a suit of armor. Uh, it, it's it, it's purely looks like something the art department came up with, yeah. and has no sort of. It doesn't feel like it came from a real culture. It looks like <laughs> if you go to some sort of a medieval times slash yes, Chippendales. It's, it's medieval <laughs> times. Stripper, stripper, well, yeah, if you if you, you know. went to medieval times in Tomorrowland, that's yeah. what it would look yeah. like. It's like it's. Kind the point is like I think both the good guys and the bad guys have little furry ruffs on their left shoulder. It's like, well, at least give me one that does and one that doesn't. Otherwise, <laughs> I can't tell. Kieran, you know, Karen Hines from from Dominic West. I think they're brothers or something. They're wearing the same outfit. So, um, so I, I think that's visually was a thing. And again, probably we really should draw the. I think the straightest line is between this and Lord of the Rings, which Lord of the Rings obviously could have been a massive misfire and oh. could have been the biggest disaster of all time. And and part of it was you know part of it was due because of the incredible level of thought they put into it. Like okay, if this was real, yeah, let's make every detail feel like there's this culture exists as much as we can. That's one of the things that just helped you lock into that world and buy it. And, and the well, other because, was, and, and because Tolkien had done that work already and yeah. it was you know it was there was less work for Peter Jackson and company to do to translate that exactly but then but, then exists in yeah. Edgar Rice Burroughs and Edgar the other Rice half Burroughs of that story is yes there is a story and yes there are fans of that story but we're making a movie and we have to make sure that it's, it works on that level yeah and and they they you know, only in retrospect do you know if you've done this or not Lord of the Rings did it 99% successfully they threaded the needle well enough where the hardest of hardcore Tolkien fans are still pissed but most <laughs> but of everybody them, else most of them okay. are okay, and people who knew nothing about Tolkien said, "I just love these movies." Yeah, um, John Carter didn't successfully thread that needle, 
And I, I, I do think that they are the things that I that I most go, jeez, eh, that's kind of lame. I, I was even at the time, the first time I saw it, I was like, that probably came straight from the book, and they just didn't want to change that. No. You know. Well, yeah, and I think that that's been talked about in the media is that, you know, this was, you know, what King Kong was to Peter Jackson, this was yeah. to Andrew Stanton. Yeah. This is the thing he loved since he was five years old, and he's been spending his entire career waiting for the opportunity to make this because he's loved this source material so much, and then you finally get a chance, and you maybe don't have the perspective, the distance to go, okay, I know I love this incredibly much more than anything else in the world but objectively I can take a step back and go that's pretty stupid you're right there's actually a really good line to draw between this and King Kong as well this the kind of both directions of of the way Peter Jackson's career has gone you know focusing on Lord of the Rings and stuff like that and then getting kind of self-indulgent with King Kong and probably for exactly the reasons you said I mean there's a lot of King Kong goes on way too long as as we all know as does this as does this yeah Yeah. but i think you're exactly right he wanted like peter jackson wanted to make king kong since he was like seven years old yeah so a lot of those really long sequences he's been thinking of for 40 years and just adding to and he finally got to do all of them but it's like yeah but that's not how a movie should and it's yeah it's you're sitting in the theater like uh, this is yeah. kind of between you and the movie Peter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I feel awkward sitting. <laughs> yeah. Can I? I'm going to get out of your. Fantasy We're going to step little... outside. How long does this go on for? Because uh, we'll come back. For... Just, you just feel a little too close, you know? You guys, yeah, you and should it, get a room. It's the, it's that classic cliche of kill your babies. Yeah. You need to be yeah. able to kill your babies this... in these scenarios. And when you're the, when you're this close to the material, sometimes you can't. And this section here too. I this this to me is the setup that I felt we didn't really need. The this whole Edgar Rice Burroughs well, side the of whole, it. Yeah, the whole nephew thing. Because it's like, okay, wait, wait, is he our main character? That's yeah. not John Carter, though. Who is that guy? And yeah. who is he? And the whole... I mean, I I like the idea of your uncle's missing, but boy, this this whole section, I think, just should have been, your uncle's missing, boom, cut to, yeah. you know, this yeah. scene of him. You know what might be interesting to prospector. do is compare the screen time between Bilbo Baggins and Lord of the Rings and Edgar Rice Burroughs in this yeah. and see how much... Because, it again, to draw a line to Lord of the Rings, there's a, a, a direct comparison between, okay, here's... Kind of the guy setting up the frame story, Bilbo going, okay, here's the frame story, and but it's going to be Frodo's journey, and Edgar Rice Burroughs being the um, kind of the frame, and then we go back, we do more of a flashback thing in this case, but again, setting up the, the journey that John Carter goes on. But I, I don't feel like we spend too much time with Bilbo. We spend the first maybe half an hour with him in Fellowship. And then a little bit at Rivendell, and then that's it. And then it's Frodo's story from then on out. And we're and we're introduced to him through characters who we will be following. We see, we see we see Bilbo in context of Frodo and and Gandalf, right? And and so you know we we start on them, yeah. and then go okay. Here's Bilbo for some backstory. Right. Thank you, Bilbo. We'll see you in the next movie. That's, <laughs> yeah. That was great. Um, this this the way again just the structure of this the way this the nephew character is brought in and how we spend so much time talking about. You know the the uncle. When really all we need to know is your uncle has gone missing or had died or whatever. This I don't even remember. They say he's died because there's a mausoleum, right? Or yeah. Like so he's he's come to inherit. Blah. And it's sort of like your uncle. You inherited all this, and he wanted you to have this book. Flip the page. Done. That's all we needed. That's it. And it, this sequence was way too long. And make you, you know, again, you're lost. You're like, okay, well, how does this relate? Yeah. Now, what is this reference? He keeps making a reference to spider bait. Is that a does that mean booze or is that a special John Carter thing? No, he's looking for a special cave that has spider patterns in it, and that's the the cave that has the gold. Oh, okay. But the the spider pattern is actually the the god people. It's their portal or their yeah, yeah, yeah. conduit or whatever it is. In any case, I don't like what he's doing with his voice here. Uh, 
By, by the way, when that shot happened and Brian Cranston's in this movie for like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, looking kind of like Brian Cranston is now in everything, like a blonde yeah, piece of official. shit. Uh, I was like, hey, what's up, yeah. B? Um, I actually liked. Speaking of tone, I I almost wish that this that that the movie stuck more with the tone that it's got right here. That's about to do with very, the editing gag. With it, with the like it does, and it does it like two or three times yeah. right here. Him yeah. him escaping and the music builds up yeah. and then suddenly stops and he's back in. Yeah, which, which is funny because when I saw this in the theater. I hated this sequence because I was like, "Oh, now they're you know, oh, what a nice attempt to be wacky." But I think I think the, I think you're right. You know, in retrospect, now taking it apart, it's like the movie hadn't been wacky; it had been very serious up to this point. It's like, okay, I get your tone, movie. I'm with you. All right, we're going to take this very seriously. And then there's this kind of comedically <laughs> he punched a guy in the head yeah. moment, which if the earlier sequences has had that level to them that you know somehow in, into that barsoom and it's all serious and deadly and important and important to us if they'd managed to you know have a little lighter tone to it and inject that oh it's going to be a little you know we're going to have fun it's going to yeah, be a little we're have some fun here I, yeah. we're going to have I, a little I, bit of fun i think i mean in, when when darth vader came and killed the princess's shuttle r2 and 3po were at least funny yeah you had funny scenes in that in that terrible scene of people being massacred but there was comic relief and you go okay these guys are going to guide me through this in fact they were the first thing you see is these silly robots scuttling around along yeah Yeah. um i I think that goes into what you guys are talking about with there's there's a tone issue somewhere in here but tone is really i think the key yeah i think there's there's some misjoint here with tone but i i agree i like these moments is what I was talking about in the intros. Like, and I, I, I was the same way. I remember having a very negative reaction to that joke, even though I liked the joke by itself. Yeah. I had a very negative reaction. I, somehow to its it placement. put me off when I yeah. saw it. But rewatching it again, I'm like, no, no, that is good. And there are other moments in there that I think go along with that. Another moment that I really like is when we first are introduced to Deja and we kind of like go back to the operatics, you know, space, uh, Kate Blanchett mode of, you know, it was a civil war. And then, yeah. and then she's like, no, no, that's, that's terrible. That's awful. Okay. Okay. Hang on. Yeah. I'm going to get and this. That's, that, that's, that's great. That's that same idea. Yes. Like, okay. So this is not all going to be like that serious. Okay. And it, it, it's, it's, I think the idea is, okay, so we're going to do this grand, you know, epic space opera, but we still, um, I want to say almost Whedon-esque moments of humanity, yeah. you know, like, okay, so these people are living out of space opera, but they're still, you know, every now and then they just kind of have to like shuffle, you know, kind of shuffle it off themselves and go, oh, okay, all right, I got it. Yeah, uh. I have, I keep, I keep bringing him up, like in other commentaries and stuff, and it's weird because it's not like I've even seen all of his work, but Terry Gilliam would have been <laughs> awesome. Oh, Oh, Terry man. Gilliam's yeah. John Carter of Mars. Can you imagine if, like, if if Barsoom was like Brazil? Yeah, yeah. How oh, yeah, how awesome. Or Joss Whedon's John or Carter Joss of Mars Whedon's, might yeah. have been a really interesting take as well. And, well, uh, I think we're all on the same page that Joss Whedon should just do everything. Yeah. And, and well, he's and and he's, he's well on his way. When it comes to the Avengers, he's going to be doing only that. So yeah. unfortunately, he's not going to get to do everything. And uh, I mean, the, uh, this apparently was for a little while. This was in uh, John Favreau's hands. Yeah. as well. Um, which is why I guess he he agreed to do a cameo. He's he's a voice of one of the Tharks still. Oh, is he? I don't know. Uh, yeah, he's the one who um, who's running the bet at one point and gets like socked in the face. Okay, that's John. That's John Fab. I'll I'll point him out now that we can hear his voice or anything. I was actually thinking about this movie and uh, Cowboys and Aliens last night when I was yeah. watching it. Well, they both yeah. have yeah, well, yeah. They're both sort of similar things for me. Uh, maybe it's just because. They're connected in my mind as those big, sprawling, spacey, westerny things that didn't quite work right. But, yeah. That's another thing. Americans hate westerns now for some reason. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's horses in it? No. 
I'm not going to watch that. We have cars, right? And That's not what we need. We don't need horses. The I mean, I'm okay with starting out on Earth and leading into it and leading into the whole Mars quality of it, but we're on Earth for a very long time. Yeah. yeah. We're, on Earth we're for a good like what, half yeah. an hour? Before we Again, it's, actually it's, get transported, it's the the, the scene, like we're saying the, the scenes of him dealing with the colonel are very nice. But it's like, but other than that, there's some cute jokes. It's like, yeah. yes, you want him to do a thing, he doesn't want to do it. We're clear, we got it. Right, where's this going? Let's move yeah. on. That's not that's not oh, what the story is about because ultimately, once yeah, it ultimately Mars, it means nothing to the matters. story. It's all it's all about just getting to the cave. That's all what that's all this is about. And it's kind of well, I guess. Oh, and here, I this, guess it's this just is a, a terrible piece of dialogue you know. here. He's like, I thought you didn't care. I don't. Or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> it's one of the better pieces of dialogue <laughs> oh, in the no, movie. It's... Because at least it's short and it's sweet and it works. Here it is. It's like when we start talking about, you know, don't you see the oscillation of the ninth ray? Will be, you know, that's when the movie gets it in trouble for me. So finally, okay, we're, we're finally headed for a plot point here that actually will matter. So, yeah. Yeah, it did take a while to get here. And like I said... You guys disagree, so I guess that's cool. But I, I really don't think we needed that fucking Mars scene in the beginning. Like, I think the sooner we can get to, we don't know what's going on. I will agree. Let's with, learn. I'll agree with you that they, we didn't need a scene. We had three setups that all sort of will tie together at right, the end right. of the movie. Well, there's like, yeah, there's, this movie starts four times. But yeah. So, so you know, pick pick the pick the one you think we can live right, without. Right. I, I'm I'm with you on that. But I, you know, I think there's something to be said for the difference. Would be, I guess, if we had to actually divide them and find out what's different between the idea of. Speeding this along and doing it the way it does it in this movie, perhaps tighter, or doing it just opening his eyes on Mars and being like, what the hell, is in this movie, we are explicitly told in the very beginning of the movie what's going on. Uh, And if it was just following John, who is confused, very, very confused, uh, we would be experiencing it for the first time with him. And I I tend to like things that open up like that, but this is fine, too. In media res? Yeah. You make a good point. I mean, he is gonna he is gonna arrive there, and obviously, it's gonna have to be explained to him too, which I believe it is to a certain level. They they may have been able to to skip over some of it, but we do get introduced to Barsoom twice before he even gets there. Yeah. So so that too, I think. Yeah. I guess so by the time he does actually get there, it's like we know where yeah, you are. Yeah, we get it. Okay, fine. Yeah. We we know, and now we have to watch you get get, get, get up and, get yeah, on board with it. And it's not like we weren't walking into the theater with that knowledge anyway. Yeah, it's I like, wonder what's gonna happen. Are you gonna go to Mars in this or what? Well, I, some people complain that that is the yeah. case. They didn't, they didn't actually call it John Carter of Mars. Well, so. if you look at the DVD case, it's kind of dog ugly. They, they just they just went with it's a little picture, a little art, giant yellow words. Yeah, they're not. They this was not well designed. The marketing yeah. or anything. No, uh, well, well, I'm sure we'll get into that more. But no aspect of the marketing ever worked on this whole thing. Uh, I don't like the way he's talking, um, Taylor Kitsch. I don't like the voice. His grimly voice. It's like Carter. Well, that's John you, Carter. That's all you really need to be a movie star these days is yeah. a grimly voice. Yeah, just, you don't actually need charisma or, it's, or it's, character or depth. It's a different thing, but it just reminds me of whatever it was that Dorkman was talking about, where it's like all you need to be interesting these days is angst. Yeah. Just be mad about something in the movie. I have a well, I, just be there, sad, and, and it's just like all, you know, all you need to do is just kind of talk like that. Google, Google, uh, John Carter, sad hero of Mars. Yes, yes. A, I was going to say we get the sad hero wrote concept. An, wrote an article uh, all about how it's like you don't. You can have a character who's interesting. Who he doesn't have to be sad all the time. You, it's not. Yeah. It's not a shorthand for character to just. Captain like, Mal wasn't someone. Much. Someone in his it's past an, was dead. It's another. It's yeah. it's another connection with cowboys and aliens. Oh, you lost your wife and you're sad. Okay, 
But uh, in the Civil War, no less. Isn't yeah, it? in the Civil War. Yeah, I have a uh, I, I have a plot point question. If anyone actually knows the answer, um, so so that the dude in the robe, the the Sith Jedi man, yep. who you know he's he's the their emissary on Earth for reasons I'm not sure about, but that's not my question. Um, on Mars, Dominic West got the blue fractal blaster and immediately fired it at the space wizards, and they went, <laughs> "Nice try, dude." Um, Carter just shot a guy with a lead pellet, and he dropped dead. Mm-hmm. Just. Does anyone know why that happened? I do not. I okay. I think the logic would be that he was caught off guard. Yeah, I would. Okay. You know, they okay. they knew that Dominic West would do that, so they. But and they and they kind of control that. They they kind of okay. control that weapon. Okay, so. fair enough. Okay, that that. that guys, I'll buy that. Yeah. What do you guys think of this? Their first taking. He's taking his first gravity free steps sequence. <laughs> Ugh. I mean, yeah. the gravity. It's wacky. So at least it's you know. Thank you for the humor movie for this this little dose of humor. Um. The, this is okay. Bri- yeah, go ahead. Brian has the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, gravity and film. Do it, go. Brian. Go. Okay, so if you, gravity on Mars is one third as strong as on Earth, so if you weigh three hundred pounds on Earth, you will weigh one hundred pounds on Mars. If you can jump two feet in the air on Earth, you can jump six feet in the air on Mars. That does not make turn you into <laughs> Superman, yeah. and you can leap tall buildings. And and now he's like sh- as if he's. Uh, he, he's just—he's worried that if he takes his feet off the ground, he's going to lose balance or something. I guess, he hasn't whatever. figured out the gravity thing because he doesn't know he's on. But that's not I'll give how it that, that actually much. works. Uh, yeah, I—I I have to say, I—it's not know, as dramatic. Again, as, I totally—I understand that that's totally from the books and okay yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's like he can you know jump from street level to the top of the Empire State Building. It's like right. I just—that's not how I yeah. don't. Get, if he and, never and went think, farther than that. Oh, too late. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that could almost work. Well, if you look at that, that's I would, a, I would buy that's that. a, if they kept it to this. They, okay, he can do that. Okay, fine, fine. Then you know, I, it's a movie. I'll allow for it. But then once he starts leaping any distance that he can think yeah, of, then he needs to with yeah. no momentum going in. Yeah, just like exactly. spring. Boom. Yeah, just yeah, from a standing start. Um, and that, and that to me, I think is the crux of the the problem with adapting source material that that's that old into this modern context. Because mm-hmm. even if you don't know about the exact percentage of what gravity is on Mars versus Earth, you still go, oh, no, that's just, <laughs> yeah. I've seen footage, I've seen the NASA, yeah. I've seen the Apollo astronauts on the moon, and I just know that that, yeah. it doesn't work that way like Superman, you know, even before Superman could fly, when Superman was only able to leap tall buildings at a single bound, and that's what he could do, that's, and that actually there's, there's kind a of came from, yeah, that too. Superman came, is another thing yeah. that came from yeah. John Carter. Super, because Super, Superman originally, as he was conceived, didn't fly. He could just jump. Yeah, so. I didn't know that. Because yeah, yeah because he, he can. The, the, yeah. That's the script. He can leap tall buildings in a single bound. Flying, ah, flying developed yeah, yeah, later. Okay. They said, okay, he, he just fly. He just yeah. flies now. Well, we need him to fly to beat this guy, so he yeah, can fly. So. Yeah. Redcon. Yeah, um, but. Uh, uh, that actually now has saved Superman because yeah. they lost the right to show him leaping tall buildings, <laughs> but not to show him flying. DC Comics. So. Yeah, weirdly enough. Now here, right here, this section here was was one of the first sections, uh, major sections for me, where the movie. Okay, now, okay, you're getting. Okay, I'm coming back. Movie, you're getting mm-hmm. me just because you're putting me in this bizarro world that is like. Okay, I kind of you know this this section here, and I'm sure it goes a lot to the original text. Um, but this is okay. Seems like it makes kind of sense. It says, okay, this is a, you're putting me in this really bizarro society that still feels like, okay, there could be a society that works this way where, especially, uh, especially when they execute the, the weaklings at the end, I'm like, yeah. all right, movie. You're, it's a very Sparta kind you're of You're a thing. different movie than I thought you were going to be, but it really doesn't 
recapture that much yeah. ever again afterwards for me. But um, but the, whole, the I think the probably the most successful, and again, whether this is true for the uh, for the books originally or just the way that they treat it, is I think this culture is probably the most fully realized and the one that I go, okay, I buy it. I mean, we understand that they're this very brutal sort of people, um, you know, and the whole their whole, the whole way that they deal with things because they're they live in a brutal environment and they they have this brutal way of doing things. And it's like, all right, and it seems really fully realized in a way that the 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 people with the the cast off armor from from centurion movies with with some fur on the shoulder Th- those don't feel like societies that that i understand that make any kind of sense to me right as yeah. real but I, this their society these whatever the what are these creatures called tharks the tharks the tharks society i think is is actually is my favorite part of the movie in terms of the most successful yeah they they were like i said i didn't read the the following uh you know the past the first book so they may have been uh, more developed, like Sudanga and, and all of that, but the Tharks were certainly the majority, and their their culture were certainly the majority of the focus of a Princess of Mars. So how, they how, definitely were the most developed. How clear is it, at least in the book that you read, this this comparison between you know the Native Americans versus the white men and the the Thark versus the uh, Zidanga and Helium uh, people is because it seems like a very obvious comparison here. Right. To no real thematic conclusion. No, it's, it's, yeah. They don't actually say anything, it's, but the it, parallel is there. It's yeah. not really even there uh, okay. in, the, in the book. And and uh, another thing that surprises me, and it, it didn't surprise me so much in the book because the book is just kind of very superficial, mm-hmm. but it surprised me that they didn't make anything of it here. The, the fact that he's uh, from the Confederacy... Yes, and and you to know, be honest, coming that into this world, me. yeah. Uh, well, cu- coming into this world, it's like, well, you feel like because because there are all these kind of class issues and stuff like that going on on Barsoom, you would think he would de- at, at least indirectly seem to learn something about oh, this thing that I was fighting for. Now I'm on the other side of it, and I'm seeing that's not so cool. Yeah, you know? yeah, and. I- yeah, honestly, I mean, that might be the thing that bothers me the most about this movie is this kind of he's he's the defeated underdog. He has this very, you know, Mal Reynolds kind of quality of, "Oh, I I cared about something, but I lost the war, so now I don't care." Yeah. But it it bothers me a little bit even in Firefly because the the parallel is so clear of, "Oh, it was the Space Confederacy." Right. And it was the Space Civil War. It bothers me more even more here because it's it is the actual, the actual civil war and the actual confederacy mm-hmm. and okay fine you have angst or whatever but you were fighting on the side of the people trying to keep black people as yeah. property no yeah. you, you're, you're, not, you're not you're not sympathetic you're not a sympathetic character when that's the side you're fighting on yeah you were fighting on the side of slavery, and you, at no point in this movie, just realized that that was wrong. Yes, <laughs> or or even have any kind of token, which I would I would still think is bullshit from my point of view, but at least it would be an attempt. No kind of moment of like, oh, well, you know, I didn't, I wasn't for the whole slavery thing. I was fighting for states' rights. Yeah. Like that's still bullshit, but at least it would be an attempt well, on there, their there, part. There were people that that was the that was the thing. Just as, right. That, know, that was that, there. Were, that is true. There, there were, were not everyone the was like. There know. were people then, and there are people now that take that point of view. Yeah. From my point of view, that's still bullshit. Yeah. But at least it, it's an attempt. Just like because which like, state right are you fighting for? Yeah. Yes. yeah. Well, the, the, right the state to, you're from. It's yeah. being, being what state you're from meant a lot more pre-Civil War, as as they pointed out rather interestingly in the, the Civil War documentary, Ken Burns' documentary. Oh, Bef- I want to watch that again. Oh, that it's, was it's, so good. I, I want to watch it again. The uh, but a very interesting vernacular thing is uh, before the Civil War, you would say, "Well, the United States are blah." 
after the Civil War, you say the United States is blah. Yeah. And before the Civil War, your state meant a lot. And, and there was, you know, they only had, we'd only been a country of group of states for less than a century at that point. The concept of, we had just going to screw this being part of this America, we're going to be, a, was a much more prevalent concept. And your state was more important in many ways than. Little bitty countries. Exactly. So, you know, and a uh, republic. And so. Uh, and, and that was basically the, the the central philosophical question behind the Civil War was. Are we yeah, one are we country a, or are we a collection we exactly? of states? What's yeah. the deal? Can we, are we one government or a collection of governments in a, more of a if, confederacy? If a bunch of us think what a bunch of the other people are doing is wrong, strongly, can we deal with that or not? Yeah. You know, do we do go we, to war with them? Yeah. yeah. What's, what's the deal? Now, so, something that I didn't know going into this movie, and it blew me away, and I still think it. if, if this movie had absolutely no, uh, I guess, history, no, no precedent, things that it had to live up to, uh, I would say cut the humans on Mars. Because I thought this was going to be a movie about these aliens on Mars, and then a fucking human shows up, and it's this mm. weird thing, and he can it's help like them. space Romans. Yeah, or something. Basically. And it's like, we get to Mars, and the first thing we see is there's a fucking bunch of humans. Yeah. Okay, so wait, then what makes John Carter special? Because I think if he was a little bit sunburned, he could pass as anyone else on the planet right now. Well, it's true. In the Again, in the book, he's... That that actually does come up. That does the the uh, you know Edgar Rice Burroughs does bother to realize that that's weird, and uh, and uh, oh thank you Ed yeah Carter <laughs> Carter asks you know Dejah Thoris he's like so what is that not weird to you she's like no there's humans on every planet that's just that's yeah. just a fact in this in in the universe of John Carter yeah there there are human beings on every planet. Yeah. Um, there which are, is, which so is, is very Star Wars in that sense. Yeah. Humans well, it, are just everywhere. But it's a common conceit of the time. I mean, yeah. the, the idea of you know uh, evolution and, and and creatures exist because they were formed on the planet that they that they were, and it's that evolution wouldn't necessarily play out the same or even happen on other planets. Was you know that when you went. You know, hell, when I was a kid, science fiction was, and then we went to Venus and we talked to the Venus people. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like that's that's a very recent thing to really be. So such sticklers about well, no one can live on Mars. There are not people there. Yeah, you know, that's that's like a, in the past forty years is like that's become more of the way people think. Well, yeah, it wasn't even until the first flybys of the Mariner probes in the early sixties that up to that point we were like, no, there's still probably at the very least there's water there. Yeah, and it wasn't until the Mariner probes and then the Viking like, oh, no, there's 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 fuck all. Yeah, yeah. there's absolutely nothing. This this scene here is when the movie lost me again, and and I think it's for a couple of different reasons. First of all, she's talking the most magic beaniest mouthful of gibberish that any human mm-hmm. ever being ha- had ever had to say in a movie, and that's unfortunate. And it's not, you know, basically she's talking about the fools. It binds us and penetrates us, and it's a thing, and it does a thing, and that's all we need to know. And and screw the rest of it. It's it's the thing that will win the war. Yeah, Done. and when which it then doesn't in any way and it's also just a little weird about how she's the daughter but she's also a scientist or what passes for a scientist because she's almost invented the ninth, ninth ray but then the spy can go no you didn't oh i guess that screw that then right never mind our ultimate super weapon so i and I, she doesn't look at it after the meeting's over yeah, and go oh I, this thing short circuit i quibble with re- her uh, scientific approach in terms of her experimental process yes uh, and uh, perhaps she shouldn't have uh, staged a demonstration if she wasn't completely <laughs> sure about her ninth ray uh, breakthrough. But and perhaps uh, they should ha- institute some sort of peer review on Barcelona. Yeah. So, so the, so yeah, the, this whole sort of setup again is like, and then again, I feel I feel bad for her because later she's going to have a whole mouthful of words salad about the ninth ray later mm-hmm. that still doesn't make any goddamn sense. Um, and again, I, I I'm sensing it's like, but it was in the book, and it's important for some reason. But this movie didn't really. 
tell me why I needed to give a damn about the Ninth Ray other than Dominic West shouldn't have it because he does bad things with it. Right. Um, it's 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 here. It's in this movie because it's important in the book, but it's not important in the movie. And that's, you know, it they didn't make it important for the movie's sake. They just assumed it was important because or Andrew Stanton assumed it was important because it's important in the book. Yeah. I mean, I like that I like that okay, she's not just, you know, she's not just the the princess in the bikini. Don't get me wrong. I like that she's a princess <laughs> in the bikini. Wow. Uh I we do have a contender for, you know, best movie space fantasy bikini ever. It, it's right up there with the with the Leia bikini, I think. Um but but you know okay so she but no she's a scientist or what you know what's like a scientist on this and she you know she knows things and so she's not just the you know I don't want to marry him daddy which is good and I admire that and that's fine yeah but it's just it just the execution of it was like but which but that's just kind of tacked on and doesn't really add anything or do anything or well yeah anything. I mean it, it's nice that you made her a scientist and an engineer but you didn't make her a good scientist or engineer <laughs> yeah. and that's kind of the problem yeah yeah so that's an issue. Part of the part of the issue, of course, is that they don't, they didn't have a lot <clears throat> necessarily to work with. Like just in the first book, the big climax is okay. Here's something that would have really been baffling. You think you think having having humans on Mars just there is is rough. In the in the story, they have giant atmosphere generators, like atmosphere generating factories, and then in at the climax, such as it is, because it's very serialized. Um, at the climax, something goes wrong, and basically everyone's suffocating until John Carter finally goes, "You know what? I'm going to go fix it." And he w- <laughs> and he waits like four months. They all know that they're suffocating because the shit's not working, and they all just kind of, "Well, that sucks. I guess we're all going to die." And then finally, within the last like 48 hours, he goes, "You know what? No, I'm going to go get. I'm going to go, you know, punch it in the face and make it work." <laughs> and he does. Um, but it's it's like if you had a problem with. There are humans on Mars. How about how, wait? How did anything get here? If the, if they have to build a thing to generate <laughs> the atmosphere in the first place, um, and I guess that might come up. There's the gods of Mars, and there's you know the the Therns or whatever they're called, the Space <laughs> Jedi, um, Space Jedi. Let's let's just call it what it is <laughs> to distinguish them from the other kind yeah, of Jedi yeah. that exactly. are, don't exist in space. Um, but uh, maybe maybe that's that comes up later. They're the ones who built that stuff, and they're the ones who kind of put everyone on the various planets. I don't know, but yeah. Well, it, um, they, they sort of mentioned it. Maybe it wasn't from the books, but what they just said in this movie itself was, you know, her whole gibberish about the ninth ray was about reforming the planet, you know, and and it, even even with what we know now, Mars used to have water and an atmosphere, and right. it lost it. So, and that was one of the theories about real Mars was it could have had, that's what we're looking for. It could have had life yeah. billions or millions of years ago that then the, the planet lost the ability to sustain life because it was too small, couldn't hold on to its atmosphere and lost all its water. Mm-hmm. So, so that's even the books may not have been that prescient, but the movie kind of touched on. No, that. actually, now that you mention it, yeah. I, I had just forgotten that they did talk about Mars used to be a paradise and we lost it. So I guess that came up, you know, they were there and then they built the factory and stuff to try to stave and off. Well, stave I mean, that's that's yeah. that goes back into the origin of, you know, kind of Mars's origin story and War of the Worlds in the sense that it used to be this lush, verdant world mm-hmm. and then it died. And, then, you know, it's the the Martians are, you know, have been trying to shepherd um, what little remaining yeah. the sustainability is there in the left. same and, way we would if, you yeah. know, if our planet became unlivable. which itself comes <laughs> from uh, uh, Percival Lowell and his, you know, his misinterpreting. Uh, Shear Pirelli, who was an astronomer who was the first guy to start really mapping the surface of Mars through his telescope and used the Italian word for uh, channels, which is canale, 
to describe the various channels that he was he, that he was mapping, and then Percival Lovell or somebody I think it was Lovell I'm, Lowell, 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 Lowell. Sounds, sounds right. right. Yeah. yeah, sounds right. Uh, Lowell mistranslated "canale" from channels into the English word for canals, which is obviously a man-made thing. And yeah. so the whole idea of a dying Martian civilization trying to stave off, uh, you know, death from their dying worlds kind of comes from that. And I would I think that happens before War of the Worlds or Princess of Mars ever became a thing. So those, that's, that's so where those idea ideas came probably from, yeah. came from Schiaparelli and Lowell. Yeah, absolutely. Which is why I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was cool. Um, whether or not it was successful, the the idea of let's tell a story about that version of Mars that people had in their heads a yeah, hundred years ago. Me too. So, not quite nailed it, but yeah. you know, I, yeah, I idea. like the idea. I just think it it. It starts you off with a handicap in terms of suspension of disbelief, in terms of magic bean. Mm-hmm. When you're when you're starting with a scenario that you already factually can basically step outside, look up in the sky, and go, "No, that's not actually how it is." Then you can still do it. You just have to pay more attention to those kind of world building details that that you need to that you need to focus on. That Lord of the Rings style. Okay, this is their armor looks like this for this reason because of this history. You have to pay, you have to be even more kind of meticulous and and diligent about that this, sort of this thing. This device, at least, um, the the notion of gi- giving him some kind of uh, uh, even if it's essentially magic, um, some way that he actually got to Mars mm-hmm. clearly. And and again, this may have been explained in the later um, books anyway. But in the first book, it's literally just he goes into a cave, he falls asleep. And then has like an out of body experience, like he stepped out of his own body, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, there's my body." And he looks up in the sky, and he's like, "Hey, a red thing. That must be Mars." And then he's on Mars, <laughs> and that's the whole thing. And it's like, okay, so I guess this is probably this movie probably explains, you know, takes a later explanation and brings it in. But like you said, the the just the sus- suspension of disbelief at that level is like we. We need some kind of mechanism, even if you're going to say it's magic. Yeah, there's got to be some kind of clear that here is the magic button that he hit that yeah. got him to Mars. Here, here are the red heels that he actually yeah. used exactly. to get to Oz. Yeah. It does accomplish that. I mean, at least, at least it's like it is very clear. Oh, his magical thing, you know, his little talisman. That, yeah, that, that, that he needs that. I get it. And That's then, it, fine. and 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 then it gives a a drive to the plot as well yeah. like you say he needs that if he wants to get back yeah and then when he gets it he realizes he doesn't want it after yeah. all because he doesn't want to leave because he's grown yes and, and found a hot chick in a bikini uh you know so the, okay there's but, a there's a there's an arc that at least we can sort of hang our hat on yeah. like okay they got that one down which i mean can we talk about how this is one of the worst I mean, it's because it's a cliche of movies, but this is one of the worst examples of, hey, we met five minutes ago, yeah. and now we're in love, so let's get married. Yeah, but when you're as hot as these two, yeah. it's, yeah. you know, it's like, that's... can we talk about how this is one of the best fake dogs ever? I love no. this dog. I it's com- It, it kind of took me out because it just, it's, it's yeah. I love this dog. It's fun. It's it's a toad. Are you... <laughs> it's yeah. a toad. Like dog. A toad, toad. Do- running toad dog. Yeah. It's, again, it's one of those things. I just love like... this right here. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> it's, again, it's, it's a well, it's a beautiful, and I was just going to say, since we are still here, here in the heart of the Thark, uh, you know, world, um, we should take a step back and go. Um, uh, nice effects going on, yeah. by the way. Holy God! Yeah. Um, you know, I, considering that you know pretty much nothing is real in in most of these scenes except for uh, Mister Kitchen. I'm not entirely sure about him, <laughs> but uh, but you know, there's just <laughs> phenomenal. I want that. Char- I will say character work going. There on. is not a single frame of the Thark that I'm like, oh, that's yeah. that's fake. I mean. Yeah. 
in in Avatar, most of the time it looks you know you, you can tell, and every now and then there's a close up. You're like, wow, that close up is photo real. Yeah, every single frame of this, they are photo real yeah. to me. Is it Dineg or who? Yep, is it's Dineg. Dineg, damn you, Dineg, you scary. <laughs> This is just another one of those movies where it's like, oh, you guys, you work so hard. Yeah. And it was this movie. But I think, uh, you know, actually we haven't gotten to this yet, but uh, I wonder if this is so strong. I certainly would say uh, easily a contender for the for the VFX Oscar. I would put it on the short list myself. Oh, yeah. For this year. Well, the, the I was I was just talking with my with my roommate about that in terms of like. Yeah, VFX Oscar bait. And it was like, but how do you, like we, we just mm. talked about, how do you really boil it down when every movie, yeah. you know, is is so good <laughs> that, that you can only, they're, they're, they're only noteworthy in their absence. Well, that's when, I, that's when I, for me, that's when I take the definite, and this is weird that this movie would be the ones, the ones I'd say. It's like, okay, we're the VFX groundbreaking. It's kind of hard to even be that anymore. Um but uh, it's like, were they were they seamless, and were they did they totally support the movie, and did they augment the movie, and and so on? Uh, I would say this in a way that I wouldn't say that about Battleship because Battleship was like, yeah, so yeah, splody stuff. I mean, you know, right. who cares? But uh, but as opposed to creating an entire race, of yeah, people, entire yeah. plausible race of, of uh, characters and and, yeah. and and enacting them on screen is uh, you know, and having them be characters. Obviously, your characters are are more important than than big robots that that explode um so again this it's i'm not a i'm not a member of the academy i'm not a voting member so it doesn't matter what i think but i would i would as much as i don't like the movie itself i think obviously that the work that went into it by many people should be is worthy of recognition yeah certainly it should be nominated yeah if you ask me the things that aren't working with this movie i'm only going to start saying things about how it's over fucking complicated like there's too many there's too many way too many different communities on this goddamn thing there's too many there's too many and at the end of the day at the end of the day there doesn't need to be any part of the (laughs) there's no more detail needed in these war scenes than they're they're fighting fucking everyone fights they're fighting that doesn't that's (laughs) all like it's just it's not like a thing you don't have to pick sides right now they're fighting they're fighting this takes place in a a war time but there's when when we actually started seeing white apes and like big ass white monkeys come out i'm like there's a lot on this planet (laughs) yeah I, I have absolutely no yeah, ability what ecosy- to... What ecosystem did they evolve from? Yeah, exactly, and that's, I in think... In the desert. Like, like we've been saying, that's the thing with uh, with Stanton, is he was so excited about the white apes. You know, <laughs> he read the book, and he saw the white apes, and he was like, we have got to get the white apes in there. We have got to get this, and we've got to get that. We've got to hit all the, the high we've got points, we got to hit all the high points of the People mythology. are going to riot if we don't have the white apes yeah, in this movie. Exactly. Whereas... Uh, Instead, everyone went. What is happening? Yeah, what's yeah. going on here? Yeah, I, I think we were, we were sort of on the way to a finish, but now he's got to stop and fight some fight some monkeys. Now we have, yeah. we've got to have the attack of the clones scene. Yeah, yeah. I, if, if anything, the, the real main failing of this if, this movie is that it's too complicated, and it's I, what you were saying is that they try to bait, take the three books and boil them into combine them all into this one movie, mm-hmm. and that's what he tried to do, mm-hmm. and uh, that's probably well, the. The key of it is there's like too much. I mean, there's like you know a dozen books in the series, right? right? So right. taking the first three and making them into one story, okay, right? Because there's not enough in the first one to really make a movie out of. I can understand that, okay, okay. But but they don't 
they don't feel like they're really combined together into one story. It's like now we're doing this story, and now we're over here and we're fighting the white apes, yeah. and now he's talking to to you know to to Sabthan or or uh, whatever the uh, the no Sabthan is the Zudangan who whoever uh, Mark Strong is playing. He's talking to him, and and you know. They kind of the anticipation together, is that there's going to be really... people going, "Oh, cool! These guys are here." Yeah. Now. Yeah. yeah, and and it and doesn't, al- doesn't it exist. doesn't ultimately mesh together into one thing where it's like, okay, I I told you all of those plot lines because they're all coming to a head right here. Yeah, because it and they don't they sort of do, but not. Sat- but not they're not they're not vitally way. necessary to understand the ending, and that's yeah. I th- we've talked about that before in the sense that you do, you should nothing should be included in the story that isn't absolutely vital to understand the ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of crap going on that you don't need and, to understand. the And ending. meanwhile, there's a bunch of stuff that's going unexplained. And again, I'm like, I see two overly art directed ships full of overly art directed people in armor. I I can't tell who's who. I don't know which one is which. So she wait, she is she disguised as one of them or she she's disguised as one of her own or I can't tell who it is. And and even even when when John Carter our 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 you know uh, the guy who's guiding us through this story asks his mentor, the guy who's explaining Barsoom to him, says, "Okay, so they're fighting what?" And the third goes, "It doesn't fucking matter. We <laughs> hope they kill each other." It's like, "Okay, I guess that's what we know. There's no good guys or bad guys in this war. Everybody's a douchebag." Wait, 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 wait. wait. Are there two opposing forces of humans? Yes. Yes. <laughs> wow, Teak. Wow. <laughs> yes, there's a war going on. Wow. I thought it was between the green guys and the humans. No, no. The, 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 the Tharks aren't involved. No, the, the parallel is it's a civil war parallel. You yeah. have the north versus the south, the there blue is versus helium, the gray. And then there's and then the there's Wonky the, City. Yes, and then there's the Native Americans. Yeah, she, her, her, her highly uh, desaturated outfit is sort of blue if you look closely yeah. uh, and that's how you know she's on one team well because she has the blue cape yeah, she has the blue capes. cape so yeah. that's clearly I do. I see, okay, and these right. guys have the red these cape. guys are reddish uh, and other way and the ships are kind of one's kind of blue and one's kind of red uh, and there you go um, but at no point in the movie does it explain that I that I can recall um, so what makes the bad guys the bad guys is like because right. they're coming to get the other guys okay so wait one is the aggressor is that the deal? I and, guess and, that's the deal. And they're the aggressor in a city that walks, that walks very slowly. On a, on a planet. So yes. <laughs> it's like, is it just because there's nothing else to be aggressive about? <laughs> that you're getting antsy with helium now? Is it? Except you want to marry the girl because that will end the war, but you're causing the war because... <laughs> Yeah, what do you want? Yeah, and, what, and what's, you, what's with you people? Yeah. And, and you have the super weapon to win the war, yeah. but... You, you really just want the girl. The guy who gave it to you won't let you use it. Yeah, half the time to do anything fun with. So it's again, it's just, and again, I'm sure. And why does he look so much like Yon Grafford, <laughs> that, or the guy from The Wire? I don't understand. Um, so it's the fuck that for, I do? for me. That's the, that's one of the fundamental core issues. Is 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 the is the stakes? It's like okay, so John Carter's caught in the middle of this war. And he's on the side of the girl. He's on the side with the hot chick. I guess that's the only criteria. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, this one's you know, look at the, come on, look at the thighs. For, for you know, this is clearly these are the good guys. Do you thighs. see any thighs like that on the other ship? I rest my case. <laughs> these are the good guys. So, um, but then you know, even uh, Sabthan, I guess uh, Dominic West. Yeah. Even he's going to turn kind of sympathetic later, even though he's doing it as a diplomacy ploy. But it seems like a legitimate diplomacy ploy because he's like, look, let's stop this bullshit and. Yeah, because I just want to marry you, and that'll end the hostility. And apparently, that's kind of what he means. It's only the 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 space Jedi who are are manipulating it all. So you would think that a, a reasonable story would say, 
hey, why don't we quit all this fighting and we'll get the four-armed green guys and let's kill those fucking space wizards. Yeah. Those are the douchebags. Yeah, because because even even their plan, even like Matai Shang and all those people, I finally remember his name, uh, and all those people, it's kind of like, why are you doing that? They're like, because we have nothing better to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. And just <laughs> constantly. That really is. You're like, well, this happens on every planet, so we figured we might as well show up and amuse ourselves. Yeah. So that guy right there who just that's, got knocked out uh, was John Favreau. Well, good for him. All Meaningful right. cameo, yeah. Yeah, well, apparently his his version was more like, it was just John learning, becoming accustomed to life in well, on, with, on the, with the Tharks. Okay, life in Bar- on Barsoom with the Tharks. Because in the story, John Carter kind of slowly works his way up in in Thark, Thark society, society as he yeah. as he. Because Princess of Mars is the second book, right? No, it's the first one. Oh, it's the first one. Okay, so she's in there somewhere. Yes. So, uh, so Favreau is the voice. Is he? Because Defoe did the actual motion capture for Tar- Tarkus. I think he yeah. did. So did Favreau did the same? I think he did. Okay. Yeah. And for it's a, like, you and know, it's a great, days. it's yeah. a great, uh, you know, you, you really can't, I never, I didn't go until the credits. I didn't know that was Willem Dafoe, but afterwards I was like, it totally makes sense that it was Willem Dafoe. And, and, you know. If, was it mocap? Yeah. 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 They were all, you know, at least the he was on stilts. And now they actually yeah. grafted two extra arms. I was, him. I was going to say that, I was going to say that, you know, God forbid, you know, we get effects artists talking about, yeah, well they did mocap, but we put it through it out and we animated it. You know, that we know how that conversation always goes. Uh, but I'm I'm going to take a risk in not having been involved directly. But uh, you know I, I you know now that I know who that is I see Willem Dafoe there I, I, I get him you know in the same way that in the same way that I you know you, you really can tell that that Davy Jones is Bill Nye yeah um, or that Sam Worthington is absolutely nothing yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah like that. So. <laughs> so yeah so it's it's you know they almost made Sam Strapinus Worthington says all animation oh what's that. Penis says all animation, all animation, and no no mocap or rotocap or anything. Blows no, my mind. No, 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 no. There was no because Defoe was on the Daily Show and he talked about doing mocap. Well, you know well, what? He what was, do in, actors he was know? in the he was in the suit. I'm sure, but it was probably just witness cameras. I mean, it probably oh, okay. They they probably don't actually have any data. They just used okay. the, him as reference. All right, fair enough. Well, in that case, over. if you know, in that case, then uh, you know. Look, all we're saying is that William Defoe, Willem Defoe is not good for data. All right. Yeah. <laughs> then then well, extra well done for DNA. All I'm saying is William Defoe scares me. So yeah. it's, it's, a, it's beautiful. If that's, if, that's just, yeah. if that's just keyframe, then okay. I would rather Dan. argue with all of DNEG than William Defoe. <laughs> Dan, yeah. That's I, will, I will take on all of DNEG. <laughs> Line up. We'll before, do this right now. Before I will look William Defoe in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then, uh, yeah, it's, it's beautiful work. And again, I you know I'm the guy who fucking did motion capture in movies in the first place. And Strapinus, you were on Polar Express, so you have danced with the devil as well. <laughs> so uh, so you know it's like I don't give a shit how you get it on the screen. I just go well done if you do. Did uh, you ever dance with the devil near the no. pale blue dot? I did. Um, however, they did it mocap, roadcap, whatever else. You know, it's it's. I'm just I'm just gonna I'm saying it's it's beautiful work. Okay, can't we all just get along? Stop attacking my ship in your blue cape. <laughs> Dineg will conquer helium. <laughs> we will erase mocap. <laughs> Must be the de- oh, and this stupid little uh, the science-y explanation. Must be the density of your bones. <laughs> well, hey, you're close, <laughs> scientist bikini girl. <laughs> yeah. Keep guessing. I, I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, keep, just, just, just keep spanking me. Turn in a slow circle while you guess. That'll be <laughs> that'll be fine. Tell me more, doctor. Uh, I would love to hear more of your theories. I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. <laughs> Indeed. 
Okay, yeah, so, so now, now they're in the, now they're together, and who does the movie? You talk about Twilight. Yeah. Damn, boy, these these two. Good lord, it's like they look at them. They should be. You guys don't have to talk. You guys should just breed like golden retrievers. That's <laughs> that's all you need to do. That's all that matters. We're also almost an hour in, and uh, uh, we're finally getting... How, which refusal of the call is this? This is like case eight for you, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, He's refused calls that don't even matter. Yeah. He's refused a bunch of calls. He, he will not take calls. That's clearly yeah. the case. <laughs> he is not taking any calls until, until Hot Chick shows up. So really what we're saying is Brian Cranston just needed to be a hot girl and he yeah. would, we oh. would, he would have had him on his side. If Brian Cranston had walked in with a bikini, then I think uh you know I think John Carter would be all over that. And so that's actually another cool thing is and if I might be wrong in this, but um basically Edgar Rice Bros pulled out of his ass but ended up getting it correct that Mars has two moons because we didn't know Phobos and Deimos existed at the time. I think if we we must have known. If you did, we could see canals, no. you could see the the moons. No, because the moon they're very small. The thing is, the thing that's wrong here is that they're shown to be, you know, lunar like moons. Our moon, when they're not, they're, they're just they're asteroids. Lumpy, lumpy they're just little tiny moons. little like they're puny, like, lumpy little asteroids. I I thought he was looking at Earth just then. I thought he was no, like, no, he's yeah, looking yeah. at the I two. I did too. So that yeah. the two moons. And I remember moons. thinking right, no, that's right. way too big well, to be Earth. Well, well, weirdly enough, we, there was a picture that was just making the rounds on the internet yesterday of looking at Earth from Mars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the same way from, we can see Mars from here. You go, that's Mars. That's that, yeah. that red dot. That's Mars. The blue dot is Earth from Mars. So uh, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's so fucking amazing. You should yeah. go out and wave. Hi. Uh, yeah. Can you see me, Curiosity? Yeah, I'm in a canal. <laughs> it's very wet. Canale. No, but you're right. Those are those are the moons because he seeing the two moons. He's like, hey, that ain't so, right at so all. Right. So he's well, a I scientist mean, too because that's what convinces him. Yeah. Oh, two moons. I'm on Mars. Evidence or Tatooine. Well, I mean, but the, that's two suns. The uh, that's kind of the universal. Except apparently, Lucas doesn't know that. I saw. I, <laughs> oh God. I saw. I saw an interview with uh, with uh, Ewan McGregor where he was talking about the the end of the. Uh, the, like the last shot he did, and how dis- kind of disappointed of, of episode three, right? Um, the last shot you and McGregor did, yeah, okay. yeah, and but, the but also the last shot, shot of uh, Revenge of the Sith, where he hands off the uh, and he the, and he, the, and he rides off into the yeah, not the sunset or whatever, yeah, because right, the sunsets because like, yeah. they didn't go back to Tunisia for that. They shot a bunch of plates when they did episode two, so they wouldn't ah. have to, and they shot all of that on green. And he was like, so that's like the iconic epic moment, and I'd invite and a bunch of friends had happened to come to set to to watch, you know, that moment, and. It's just a big green room i'm sitting on a green box that doesn't move but i gotta kind of rock back and forth like it's moving oh. and i'm ha- and i have to hand over this fake baby to the these two actors and george is just off at the side screaming look at the moons <laughs> and they're like, I, well, I there's, like, there's sons <laughs> yeah. oh that's funny and that's when he started drinking very heavily yeah. <laughs> and rightly so He's he's pretty much been in the full blackout mode ever since when he realized that that's <laughs> yeah, what here he you just go. done. Author Jonathan Swift made reference to the moons of Mars about 150 years before their actual discovery by Aesop Hall. Mm. Wait, author Jonathan Swift? Well, he, this yeah, is this is, about, this is about Mars in fiction just in general, but yeah. Okay. The, uh, the, it probably was just assumed, like, well, it's, well we know it's a planet, so it probably has moons, right? So. Well, yeah, I mean, it's because it's, it's a very old trope of science fiction that the way you know you're on an alien planet is when there's two moons in the sky. So, too many or too few of something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There, when there's more moons than Earth has, then you know you're not. Look on at Earth. all them damn arms on everything. Here. <laughs> yeah. Also, everyone's got four arms. Yeah. Some of the bigger cow horse things have eight 
Yeah. Well, uh, Woola has 10, actually. That's why he can run so fast. Don't, yeah. don't even start now. <laughs> oh, is that the name leave of the, leave it back away slowly. The, the toad running Woola's dog? a little, yeah, toad dog. I can't, he's, he's I can't so... actually remember the name of his creature type, but his actual name is Woola. Toad dog. I'm, I don't know if it's just I have a bad memory or you guys have exceptionally good ones, but I never remember things like the name of the creature in the thing. Except for Star Wars, but that's different. <laughs> um, well, the name but, of the creature in the thing is like the you're thing. talking about yeah. like the names of the cities and stuff for a movie you've only seen a couple of times. I can't do that at all. I don't have I don't have that. Kind I of couldn't memory. have told you. Well, he's read the book over here, but I, I couldn't have oh, told you. I couldn't have pulled true. helium out of my ass. I pulled it out of the subtitles no. twenty minutes ago. Yeah. Helium was the only one I remember, and I remember. You know, I don't remember the other one already. You know what? You know what's sad? I wish I could do that about real Earth things. <laughs> I'm so much better. You know at that, that time that we bombed that? What, what was that called? Uh, uh, Chicago? No, yeah. something. <laughs> what was it? Uh, Hiroshima, right? That's the, the time we leveled. That's the where thing. Obama's from. Is Hiroshima? Yeah. No, that's Nigeria. He's from. By the I way, could, Phobos I could... and Demos were discovered in August of 1877. Oh. So, so they would have been discovered this before written. this. Okay. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this isn't. This, this is not like that 1800s. Old. This book. This is yeah. yeah. This isn't. This is set in the 1800s. Yeah. But it's, this isn't. It's, it's not H.G. Wells. Right. 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 It's, it's later. But it's written. Yeah. yeah it's turn of the century. Right. Yeah. H.G. Wells and Jules Verne. They had yeah. some surprising yeah. <laughs> jewels, and they're also and also burn. hundred years apart in yeah. terms of their when they were writing. They had some lucky guesses. <laughs> yeah, well, H.G. Wells, I think of the of the of the early science fiction, you know, what we now call science fiction you know, authors. H.G. Wells is probably the one because he he lived until at least the thirties, if not later. So he got to see half the things that he talked about. Like, wow, this is really happening now. Yeah. I, I nailed it. Wow, look at that. Yeah. No. Ah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I told you guys. I totally told you. I wonder if he like accidentally sued a newspaper for plagiarism one time. Like you <laughs> stole my story. Oh yeah. Oh, that's really ha- a thing. All right. Here's what I responded to last night when I was watching this movie. I like I d- imagining I no that I'm John where... and not having any fucking idea what's going on. So I guess in a, in a certain way, on like a meta level, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, like with an the, I'm with the hero on that level. Like <laughs> yeah. the fact that I don't understand what the fuck's going on puts me more in his shoes. Um, but. <clears throat> All of the the war shit and all the stuff with the generic Riddick style bald guys, like all that stuff, I could I could take or leave all of this stuff. What's interesting to me is basically the Avatar shit about this. Even though I didn't particularly like Avatar, I liked Av- I like Avatar more than I used to. It's yeah, having seen this, <laughs> well, yeah. well, I have to appreciate I, well, I like, Avatar. You know, it can I like be John Carter being you know the special the fucking the hero's journey shit is playing right into my brain. It just works. Yeah. Uh, but all the Civil War stuff, the goofiness. The fucking goofiness of some of the costumes, and especially the bald, the Tharns, or whatever they're, Therns? Therns. Therns, I think. Uh, yeah. Those guys, not so much on the liking that. Yeah. But uh, I think I think now in, in... I could lose all that and still probably enjoy the movie just as much. I think better. in looking at it, I think, I think that that would be my choice now. And again, it's only in retrospect, and when you're, you know, when you're making a movie, you don't know these things. We're all Monday morning, Monday morning quarterbacking this. But I think the least interesting and least important is those fucking... Romans fighting each other. Yeah, I think, that, I think that, we should that stay with. Other than we got to get the princess, we got to get the princess. But but you literally could have, and this is a way. Here's my phantom edit of this movie: is cut all that crap out and just have just to see it from John Carter's perspective of two big ships fighting. Who's who? Doesn't fucking matter. Hopefully they'll kill each other. Hot girl. I'm going to go save that, you know, and let her go. I'm a princess. It doesn't fucking matter. But anyway, here's the thing. Uh, you want to get home, I can help you. I mean, we really could have 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 gotten to this point. I bet the movie would have played without any of those scenes that dealt with those people at all. The, any of the space room. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, honestly, the the 
Sweet. story where Best he Kiss rocks. Woo! The, it, where he meets her in in A Princess of Mars. It's not even. There's not even really. I, th- I think they mention Zadanga, but it doesn't actually come up. Um, really, in the story, because it's literally in the Thark City. Like helium sends out like some patrols, like just some some you know blimps that are basically uh, uh, just perusing around Barsoom, and they happen to come over the Thark City. So the Tharks all hide, and then they shoot down the blimps. And Dejah Thoris is one of the only survivors, and that's how. And okay. she's taken prisoner by the Tharks. So that what that is the story that was, and yeah. they've 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 said, but but people need to know more about her and yeah. her, and and that's all been sort of grafted in. But that it really isn't the original. No. Kind of, it's really much more, I'm on Mars. Holy fuck. Oh, my God. I'm with these weird people. Oh, and a hot chick literally falls out of the sky. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a story that very clear, very defined beats. Okay. Uh, yeah. Very pulpy. I like it. So, well, they, I think we, you know, that's, that's funny. In their attempt to make us understand the world better, and then we're back with, the, then that, that would mean that Teague, the Teague's original thing is right. Not only should they not have opened with the big space battle, they shouldn't have shown us anything about those people yeah. other than their, their fly around every so often and we just hide when they show up. Yeah. We don't know what they're about. We don't know what their trip is. They're just douchebags and we just try and stay out of their way. Um, in the same way, analogy, that the Apaches don't care who's winning the Civil War because we hate all of you. All of you suck. Yeah. yeah. So So I think... There's the phantom edit of John Carter. I wonder if you cut the cut all the the Centurion bullshit down to the barest minimum, and I wonder if you'd have a much more entertaining movie hmm. that way. Someone do that. Yeah. <laughs> and go. Yeah. Now let's talk. Let's have a 45 minute conversation. <laughs> We're gonna need one. What the, what, 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 no, no, we have way more than that, Brian. Oh, uh, dear. What the hell happened? Let's with have the advertising? two of those. What the hell happened with the advertising on this movie? Because okay. I'll, I'll tell you what happened for me. The easy one is, what advertising are this movie? Yeah. Right, let's get la, la, la. I'll tell you what happened for me, which is, I didn't know what the fuck John Carter was, and at first, it's it wasn't exactly the Watchmen trailer syndrome, which, if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, my experience watching the early teasers for Watchmen, where I'm watching teasers, and the, and the teasers are like, we're doing it, and we're doing it right, okay? I swear to God, we're not going to fuck it up. It's going to be fine. You're going to like it. We're doing it fine. We're doing it right. We're doing it. And I'm sitting there going, doing what? Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing, guys? They had a similar thing with John Carter, where the first one was the first teaser. I, the first teaser I saw was the My Body is a Cage teaser. You know, where it's My Body is a Cage. And you're just seeing cool, like, long establishing shots of Mars. You totally could have just made up that song just then. <laughs> no, that's, that's, I t- go back, dude, it's there. And, and you're watching it, and it was, it's not a, gr- it's an okay, if you know, the, if you've already seen the movie, it's a good trailer. If you haven't, it looks like fucking horseshit. It looks like this mad, this madcap, made up bullshit, dream fever problem that they they have to solve on screen for reasons that I'll never understand. And they're putting it in front of my face. Now, later trailers can only backpedal from something like that for me so much. And that trailer certainly didn't make me interested when they did the really cool, you know, silhouette. We've got Thark guys on posters and it's just like a silhouette of the poster and it says John Carter in the bottom like I don't care. Watch Watchmen is a great example to make because because while certainly there there were plenty of people like you who were like, what is that? There were also plenty of people who were like, if you put just Rorschach's mask and a and a, a you know a release date on a poster, people are gonna shit their pants because they know what that is and they're excited for it. And they thought specifically Andrew Stanton, from what I hear. I mean, I wasn't thought in the rooms or anything. Everyone cared about it. He thought that's how it was for John Carter. Maybe not everyone knew who it was, but there was a good, a good 
chunk of people who would know what it was and Enough tell the people, friends yeah. and tell the friends who didn't know about it. No, 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 guys, this is a big deal. Well, I have the same thing with uh, Tintin. I didn't even know what Tintin was. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's Tintin's a little bit of a different scenario. Tin- Tintin actually try. I, I think Tintin well, that- advertised all right. It just. You get into the. It was the movie that had the problem of being like, "Why is any of this happening?" Well, or but, I should care. But Tintin wasn't for us. We're Americans. So yeah, yeah. Don't, you know, yeah. It's like Tintin was like, eh, "We'll release it in America." You know, maybe we'll make a couple bucks there too. That's right. Yeah, you know, yeah. We're just not That's used to. Goes. We're not used to movies that aren't made for our. You know, yes, yes. Give me what I want. You know, Tintin was for everyone else on the planet. It just uh, they they gave us a token release, and oh, we can make a couple million off the Americans too. That's nice. There, How much? There, oh, well, there's a there's an article that came out that was written. Um, Right as John Card was coming out, that's I'm I'm trying to find it. I'll, and when I do, I'll I'll bring it up and reference it directly. But uh, essentially, it's it reads like the Disney marketing departments basically throwing Andrew Stanton under the bus. It really reads like okay, this is it's ostensibly a third party objective article that some serious journalist is doing somewhere. But it is basically you know the marketing departments of Disney going, look, we tried our best, but Andrew Stanton just Fucked it, and the 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 essential points, the overall point of the thing is like that. Okay, so Andrew Stanton had never done live action before, as I think we've referenced elsewhere, not in this commentary yet. He famously didn't know what an assistant director yeah, did. If you listen to the actual commentary, this, and it's like it's it's not like oh you stupid ass, but. If you listen to the actual commentary, they, they, him and some of the other producers, all of whom I think came from Pixar, clearly enjoyed themselves, which is mm-hmm. great for you kids. That's nice. Um, but at one point he talks about how, yeah, it was really interesting. Obviously, it's a very different world than I've worked in before. Um, I'd never worked with an AD before. And it's like, well, that's great and all. But my take on it is if you've never worked with an AD before – you don't get to be a director of a movie yet. You need to pay some dues, man. You don't. Get, you don't get to be the director of a two hundred fifty yeah. million dollar movie. You, you, you know, you made obviously you have obviously visual storytelling and everything else. But if you if you've never even dealt with what an AD direct an AD's job is, because in you know they're equivalents to ADing, I suppose I'm sure in in an animation, animation but yeah. it works totally differently. But you know it's it's kind of one of those things. It's like yeah, they gave me this. I'd never actually seen a real camera before. That was really interesting for me. <laughs> that was a really fun thing. Um, so anyway, it, it it talks about to me it sounded like a red flag. I just yeah, like a red flag. It, it, it talks about that sort of um, uh, aspect to this this whole spectacle and it, how the marketing departments you know had to deal with things like well. Because of the world Andrew Stanton came from, he didn't know that you kind of had to put some of the effects-heavy stuff in the front of the schedule. So the, the marketing department then has the ammo to make a decent trailer with. So that by the, does sound plausible. By the time they had to have their first teaser out, they had no footage. We had a couple establishing really shots. We've got, yeah. a guy in a, we've got a guy in a loincloth being sad. Yeah, and, and they go, okay, we'll do the best we can. And so that's where, body is okay. And that's where you end up with that trailer. And, and this article, and I'll, I'll really try to find it, this article actually embeds the two trailers in as it's talking about them. I've never even seen these trailers, but not that I'm going to go seek them out. But it, well, it's, what's great is when you when you look at both of these trailers, the first one and then the the second one after that, in response, you really see the, what they were dealing with because the first trailer is that what Tegas described, and then the second trailer is the exact opposite of that. It's all explodey all the time, and it's an entirely different you know feel to it, and. You you really do get the sense of they had no idea what they were doing, and they had no they really had no means to craft one overall large message as part of one directed campaign. They're just like you know taking pot shots here and there, doing the best they could. Well, the 
you know, at the end of the day, it wouldn't be impossible now having the movie to work with to build a trailer that's, that makes it look like a really great movie. But you get to the movie and then you still have the same tone problems. Like it's hard sure. to make it's hard to know what you're making a trailer for at, at, to a certain extent because this movie does. I mean, I say I like it and I do, but it does it does kind of run the gamut of what kind of movie are you? Um, it's hard to know what to make a trailer about. I, I guess Pixar typically has the opposite problem. Well, where the, they know so much about what the movie is that it's like difficult to make a trailer sometimes. Cause I, don't, I, I don't know if I agree with that because there are plenty worse movies out there that have better trailers. Oh, no, I'm not I'm saying... Make you think that, based on the trailer, make you think that the movie's going to no, be better. That's, we're saying I the think same thing. I think it's merely a, a, a fact of, and if this article is is accurate and on point, that they literally just did not have the material based on the schedule that they were following to do what they needed to do. Sure, yeah. But what I'm saying is, at the end of the day, you could make a trailer that makes... John Carter of Mars are like the best movie of all time with what's in John Carter of Mars. But Agreed. then you get but then you get to the movie and then you still have the same problems. But that's no different from any other Yeah, you can make movie. you can make Shining look like a happy romantic comedy. I mean, you can do whatever you want. That's that's actually why I'm at the point where a lot of times with movies, I never even watch the trailer. Yeah, I don't I don't care I, anymore. I don't watch trailers anymore cuz I'm like you're just it'll the the trailer actually tells me nothing anymore. <laughs> like or all know. of it. Huh? Or it tells it. me nothing or everything. Yeah, exactly. Either way, it's like I'm I'm either going to see the movie or not when it comes out, not based at all on the trailer. So I'm just not going to watch the trailers anymore. Some of the green screen stuff going on. Yeah, the, those the, couple of shots there were, were a surprising. Couple of shots but, there that were just, just but this is really good. Yeah, this this just makes me sad for people who had to do. There's it. Yeah. there's some green spill issues I think in the Attack of the Clones scene in the arena mm. thing where it's like. When he's bouncing around, well, that was, he looks that was really an homage green. to uh, to Attack of the Clones. You see. <laughs> okay, they were, which, were they, you think they so did that was on purpose. purpose. It had a lot of a lot jump of in anytime, Stepinus. Get set us straight on that one. <laughs> well, it, as we famously know, it's like I just one of the th- my pet peeves is people who go, "Yeah, in that shot in that movie that was nothing but visual effects shots for two and a half hours, there was one that really wasn't very good." Yeah. Oh well, let's you see saw a you, little bit of green let's, spill there. Let's see your two and a half hour epic nonstop effects extravaganza, Mister Internet Night, Mister Internet Man. Yeah. Oh, one got through. It wasn't that great. It had a little green spill. Well, aren't you amazing for catching that, <laughs> Mister? Nothing better to do but freeze frame your DVR. Yeah, this just this scene this just, whole sequence is gorgeous. It's gorgeous, and I just, again, I just feel bad for. We're talking about, if you're not watching along and care. It's the it's the crystal cave. Yeah, thing. The, the, with all the weird little synapse looking, glowing vein walls. It's really cool. And yep, Doctor Doctor Exposition is about to cough up a pretty big bolus here, <laughs> but she's wearing a bikini, so I'm all right with it. <laughs> nice thigh shot, thank you, Stanton. Features the thighs. Thighs. But yeah, that, this was a, a big trailer shot, I remember, and you're yeah. right. Just just watching the trailer, you could be very much like, what is even going on? And actually, I, I remember in the first, in the very first trailer, there was only one shot of the Tharks. Everyone goes, wait, what? <laughs> a, green, a green man on Mars? What's going on here? What movie is that from? Oh, here comes, yeah, here comes the nine. Yeah, nine I don't, I, I, I'm not sure what the heck is supposed to happen well how do we feel that andrew is doing as a director uh, <laughs> <laughs> well every every individual it's hard to say because every individual much... shot is nice yeah. I, it's the it's the there's the it's the big picture and the tone thing and and we know that you know again we know that 
that he it's not like you you know a lot of directors are great with visuals but they have no idea what their story is telling well this is a man who made the freaking incredibles i mean the you know obviously he knows story no that was brad bird, that was brad bird. bird. i'm sorry I'm brad stanton, bird. Did no, no, stanton did nemo okay same 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 argument though. yeah 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 you know it's like uh, you know but, but then there is there is the there is the difference between you know the Pixar is sort of everyone at the top level is involved in the story, but then you know we none of us knows we weren't there. But from all the indications that seem most credible, this is a Pixar movie, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, because you know Pixar, a lot of the creatives are Pixar yeah, guys, and 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 had a lot of clout because they were the Pixar guys. You know, they were the future of the entertainment industry. And, and who basically Disney bought to say, teach yeah. us how to make movies again. Yeah, and and they they were given. You know, this is the movie that came from that. Um, so, so how, you know, how you, as a director, it's like, I don't, I don't know him, but I think he, clearly he hasn't lost any of his talent. I mean, some, some directors, you actually look at a movie and go, you know, like, you're getting worse. Yeah. Like Shyamalan, you go, you know, you actually don't seem to be getting any better. <laughs> you have lost what you were good at to begin with. Um, I mean, but yeah, this movie is beautiful looking. Every shot is, you know, it's beautifully framed and it's handled well and, you know the action when there's action, it's nicely choreographed, and the visual storytelling is all there. It's it's a bigger picture issue that's wrong with this movie, and sometimes that's the director's fault, and sometimes it isn't. You don't necessarily know, but is there even? If, it's not like Stanton, like he's dead to me now. Right. Oh, Clearly, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a hack, and I'm not watching his movies anymore. This one just didn't work that well. Yeah. Is there? Now we always say that any idea can be a good movie and all that stuff, and that's I, I, that's not what I'm asking about. Could this? Could any variation of John Carter? have been a really, really successful, the world claps on with it, and we're doing John Carter movies now, good movie. Like a, a movie that everyone likes. Well, not, think, not, one, so. not one that, you know, we go, you know, this is really actually very good, but the whole world just clicks on and they do it. I think... I think Pre-Avatar, it, I would have said no, but now maybe. Well, I mean, I think part of what's missing is despite the fact that Despite the fact that the movie is called John Carter, he's not a very interesting character. Yeah. He's not like Luke Skywalker. You don't look at him and go, man, I want to be John Carter and go on a, an adventure either as him or with him. It's like well, he's that, yeah. dull and not fun and that's, whatever. That's another factor. I mean, again, of being faithful. To, you know, when do you be faithful to the source material and when do you not? John Carter is a Mary Sue story. Oh, yeah. I want to go to another planet and get the hot chick and punch aliens. You know, it's like there's no motivation. He has no motivation. He's just a dude who I can now punch aliens in a loincloth and I'm all muscly. I love that. And And so does everyone who reads that book. And in fact, in the so like it's another reason that I said kind of the twilight of its time because it is so a Mary Sue story. (laughs) And even the way it's written, he spends so much time. Talking about how awesome he is. Yeah. He actually <laughs> yeah. spent he's because he's the narrator, right? And he actually spends pages and pages talking literally ab- about how awesome he is. Yeah. Like uh, the humble bragging the whole time, right? Yeah. But he's like, he's basically like, uh, yeah, and when the Tharks saw how awesome I was, <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah. I, I was embarrassed about it, but they basically all killed yeah, themselves I'm a, and, out of respect. Because I'm a humble guy. Yeah. So, so that's at the core of the movie. It's like he has a wife who's long dead and he's over and he's going to get this girl now. So, okay, that problem's been solved. And he wants to get back home and get gold. That's not exactly they killed my aunt and uncle and are enslaving the galaxy as a motivation for right. you know for a uh, so it's not really that Luke Skywalker the character is that much more interesting it's just that we were told something a little more important about Luke Skywalker that go okay I I'd like to see him you know do well then because but here it's like he wants gold he's kind of a 
you know, antisocial guy because apparently his wife died. Yeah. He's sad that's, and now he doesn't fight for anything because he's sad. Yeah. So that's not exactly a, a well. Who would you in the chat room? Hook in the chat room right movie. now, they're 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 kind of dreamcasting it. Who do you, who do you think Nathan been Fillion? A... <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, well, and this is true. They they literally did cast for the loincloth. I mean, oh, yeah. you yeah. know, that's um, clearly. Well, the the answer to your question, they did a good job of that. The answer to your question, say. chat room, um, the man who could have filled the loincloth, which was a requirement, and had you know, and 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 from. The reports I hear, the inside reports, wanted to do it. I've told you this guys, you guys this already. Tom Cruise was really interested in doing this role. Yeah. Tom Cruise wanted to make this movie. That would have been an interesting one, actually. I, would, I think that could have been fascinating <laughs> yeah. to see Tom Cruise take it out. Agreed. So, yeah, I can so imagine. The, uh, the article actually. I was referencing earlier, I believe I found it. It's a Vulture uh, article. Okay. So the inside story of how John Carter was doomed by its first trailer. Is the <laughs> name of the, uh, which I totally missed. I, I didn't. Yeah. Know. The, the, which I missed too. I, I yeah. mean, I missed the whole marketing campaign, but yeah, that's, I wasn't that's watching the television. Problem. Literally, the marketing campaign, I can tell you the exact impact the marketing campaign had on me was we were doing down in front. After we finished, we drove down south on Cahuenga, and right there on the corner, you know, a, block, a half block from here, there was one of those posters that said John yeah. Carter, and there was a silhouette of a person, which I guess if you looked really close, that person had four arms. I guess. Is that what that poster was? Yep. That was the John Carter marketing for me, and I was like, "Is that John Carter like the Edgar Rice Burroughs movie? I don't know. It's a you know it's a silhouette of a guy. It says John Carter. I don't know what the hell. Um, that was that yeah. was that was what I knew about it. And then you know, then I found out the what I found out about it was then the article started to come out like, yeah. oh my god, this is going to be the biggest bomb of the summer. But that's because no one had heard of Battleship yet. But. <laughs> Tee <laughs> yeah. I, oh, almost feel, I almost feel oh, bad Taylor for Kitch. Taylor Kitch. I, it's like, boy, damn, man. A year ago, Taylor Kitch and his agent were just high five and enlightened cigars with $100 bills. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I think I, uh, I may be the only other person on this planet, with the exception of his mother, to have seen three Taylor Kitch films in the theater. <laughs> wow. Uh, what was the third one? Uh, Savages. Oliver Stone. Oh, you, went, you I saw actually, that? I, but I, I, I saw actually Savages. wanted to see that. Oh, and man. he's actually, if... <laughs> if I don't gets, know if it's still out, but I want to see it. If he gets an F in Battleship and a D in John Carter, I would give him a C in <laughs> Savages. Okay, but I think I actually liked him in Battleship. I liked him in Battleship more than I like him in this. I didn't even I didn't he know was he, a person in. Battleship. I didn't know he was in Battleship. Uh, as, as I've told that story, <laughs> even after having even seen watching Battleship, Battleship, I did not realize I was watching the same guy in the first twenty minutes of the movie as became the guy in the last of the movie. <laughs> like, oh, he cut his hair and shaved his beard off. If only he had some identifying characteristic beyond that <laughs> so I could tell that was the same guy. Epic, epic visual effects, Dean Egg, nice. Yeah. Now, this this scene is, you know, first of all, again, it's a shame. If this had come out before Attack of the Clones, you know, we would have all gone, oh, my God, it's the most amazing movie of all time. Um, and rightly so. It's the it's the same thing. It's like it's it's really good, and I I'm I don't know how I feel about that whole cross cut between the burying the wife and the fighting the the guys. Oh, I yeah. just I, I, I by the by I the way, I don't know how I, feel, I literally don't know how I feel about that. Really quickly, so the the blue space Romans flew in in the nick of time and and saved the day. They look pretty red to me, but okay. Oh, they're the red. Well, red. No, no, they're, no, they're, they're the blue. Yeah. Blue cape, okay. Yeah, oh, but here cape. comes this guy out of the But here comes the shape. red cape. But so, so they flew in in the nick of the time to save the space Roman's daughter, Deja. Okay. And yet, when he actually comes down the ramp, the honor guard has already been set up. So, like, mm-hmm. they they took <laughs> 10 minutes <laughs> hold to on. set up the honor guard. Hold on, your dad's going to be down. Yeah, in yeah, yeah, just, just hang hold on. on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He's really anxious to see you, but we got to do the thing. We got to, guys, just straighten up. 
so we can come down. Also, we got the leader of the bad guy. Hitler's with us too. Yeah. By the way, we brought Hitler. It's gonna, but it's, it's gonna fine because be... there's gonna be peace in our time. Uh, yeah. And after that, we'll have some lunch. Yeah. So just hold on for a second. We sec. got cold cuts, and uh, <laughs> should be good. Should be good time. Hold on. Are you 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 want veggie? Are you veggie? Because <laughs> I think we have some of that too. So, okay. Turkey's a little dry, but it's Mars, so <laughs> it is the desert. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you want? Okay, and and. I, I'm watching this right now while you, Are you? you do your thing. What's that like uh, for you? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. No, no please. It's, it's, no, no, no. Teague isn't even at the, at the yeah, microphone no. anymore. No, no, no. So thank God someone is was, still watching No, no, no. I was, I'm, I'm, catch, catch us up, Mike. What's I, going on? Well, I only, saw it, I, only, I only saw it once in theater, so I'm wa- kind of re- reviewing it as, as we go, and I kind of remember the book. But um, I'm just realizing now how much is still about to go on. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. They, she's about to go and marry this guy, and it's like you would think that yeah. the rest of the story is you know John gets her back, r- rallies and saves her life. rallies the Tharks, yeah. sure, and and you know gets her back or just goes off on his own and this is some, but there's there's going to be a whole thing with Matai Shang, and then yeah. he goes back and fights the White Apes, and then he he sneaks into you know then he's with. Uh, yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You, there's yeah. like three you, more stories you would that go think on. Yeah. you would think we've hit the top of the third act and yeah. you'd be wrong yeah. yeah we have not made it we're not even close yet we're we're maybe at the midpoint right now, now. here now here's where the movie this i think this is probably my i love this guy. probably my you know probably yeah. my you know, my single favorite little moment is this guy um this is where for some reason the i can just tell the, the different societies apart because one has the cast of rome because this guy was mark anthony in rome fantastic also uh, james purefoy is the name also he's the original v that's that's the huh. man. That's the man who who did V for a couple of days and then was replaced by uh, by that other dude. Oh, uh, Hugo Weaving. Yes. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. He's got. I, I could see it. He's got a good presence in this, yeah. so I see how he could pull that off. But he's he's it's Mark Anthony is the same kind of character. It's like it's really is. That's the casting also. You know, having having the guy from the Wire and all these guys are great actors, but it just it's like. Is it literally because you fit the costume already? Is that the yeah. way they had you? Because they're. Yeah. You know, I just it it takes me it makes me makes me think of much better shows like The Wire in Rome. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and, and, and that's uh, his I Mark mean, Anthony is is amazing, and he is he's, his Mark Anthony is like demented, uh, just as just very similar character. That's part Rome. of what's so frustrating about this movie is everybody except Taylor Kitsch is really good, has real <laughs> a lot you know lots of personality and charisma and interesting things going on. But at the center of it, in the title character, you just have this cardboard cutout of a guy. Yeah. That just has nothing going on behind and, the and, eyes, and like you know, like we've talked about before. There's and you know, Keanu Reeves is the same way. It's like I I hear he's awesome to just hang out with. Yeah, he'd I'm be sure. great to be a friend, yeah. but he cannot carry your attention for two and a half hours yeah. and uh, yeah. with all this other stuff going. Taylor Kitsch, by all reports, is also a very nice guy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, yeah. actually, okay, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> at this no. point, no, I'm just no, like, no, 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 no. Well, he's been working out, obviously. Yeah, he's getting better at it. Um, have you actually seen the the, the trailers for Keanu Reeves' new documentary? No, with, he, I've heard about it with it, the Wachowskis. Well, it's it's him basically interviewing every major filmmaker ever about the the difference between shooting film and digital, uh, and the end of the film era and all of that. I but, didn't realize that he cared, but cool. Yeah, neither did I. But you know, he actually has way more personality than I think I've ever seen yeah. him anywhere. It's like. No, okay, so I do want to hang out with that guy. That guy seems cool. Yeah. And have an interesting conversation about film versus digital with this dude. Well, that's that's also what happened to Al Gore after he lost the election. <laughs> it's like, oh, now you're interesting. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> now you've got a personality. 
Yeah. So again, <laughs> not the end of the movie by any means. <laughs> Nowhere near it. Does it, this movie have anything in common with the Chronicles of Reddick for you? Because it feels very similar to me, but that might just be because I'm associating, you know, green screen, sword and sandal, you know, kooky it space, does, actually. That's costume a, movies. That's a line that I would not have drawn, but I, I agree. I think you're right. I, I, it does have a very similar. I, and both of them strike me as kind of goofy. I, I don't think. Even the new Star Wars movies are like this, but the old ones aren't. It's something about green screens and costumes. Uh, it just looks kind of hokey if you're not exactly perfect. And this, you know, you can't be exactly perfect for the 17 or 1800 shots in a movie. Or in this case, <laughs> maybe well, 6,000 shots. No, but. no, no. But, th- but that's not it. It's not, it's not a matter of the perfection of the, uh, you know, the composite or anything like that. It's a matter of the production design. You don't feel like you're looking at a real, fully realized world because, there were, you know, there were a lot of, there it, were a lot of comp shots in, in Lord of the Rings, too. And and none of those do you really feel this way because it's all in the service of creating a a unified world. Whereas this feels like okay, now we have to design this room, and right. now we have to design this room, and it's not a sense of now we're designing the city, we're designing we a culture. To, we're going to end up pointing the camera at this corner yeah. of this world. Yes, we're designing this set as opposed to yeah. Yeah. we are. Now, did you guys have considering the budget? Considering the budget for this was the equivalent of the budget of all three Lord yeah. of the Rings movies, it's not like they no, couldn't. I, I, they couldn't have done that. Yeah. They, they had the resources. They I, I mean, I'm done. sure they yeah. were probably trying to do that, but from what I hear, also there were a lot of rewrites going on and stuff like that. So they probably had to go. Well, oh, uh, we don't have time to build something, so let's get some. It, they're red, right? So get red lamps in here, quick. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Now, do you have that feeling with uh, 300? That the this feels kind of hokey. I can't really cut cut through what I'm looking at. I would, I, 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 don't I don't know. know. I, don't, I, I disagree. I, I I mean I would say that the stylized it doesn't. helps. I think 300. Yeah. Yeah. I I almost wonder if there's like an uncanny valley thing going on where if it's clearly very stylized and it's uh, you know 300 is almost cartoony in its depiction of all of that world. You know, okay, that's obviously a abstract representation of what's going on. And then if you get to a very gritty, you know, independence looking, you know, we just turned the camera on and we don't like crap. That's, you know, the other end of that spectrum. If there's an uncanny valley in between that space opera tends to fall into. <laughs> nice like turn, sweetheart. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it's, it's <laughs> stylized, turning. but it's not quite over, you know, onto the other side of this, of this valley where you really, you know, buy that it's a real world. This is yeah, the kind of I think space opera, in, basically space opera set design, sort of, it's exactly what I'm trying to key in on. This is the it's kind of that thing term. that, this is the kind of thing that actually can be damaged and in a way it kind of is. It's damaged by the fact that it is visually so, so well done because, you know, I can, this movie will instantly get better. Um, let's just pull up iTunes. Let's get some Queen, and let's just get a little flash. You know that that will tell us what. Oh, oh, was it that? Was that how I was supposed to be taking this movie the whole time? Okay, um, and in which case it's like, yeah, it's that's the joy of it is you can see the wires on the Hawkman. I mean, it's it's that just kind of. I can't believe they went for this bullshit. This is amazing. It's the greatest movie ever. Um, this movie is like this photo real thing about this completely, you know, pot boilery piece of of pulp fiction, uh, and that's that, that's a hard that's a hard line to walk. What do you mean by them. pot boilery? I don't think I've ever heard that expression. Uh, pot boiler. I was probably mis, you know, misusing it. I'm just thinking it's like it's just you know it's a bunch, oh, you, oh, of, I see, like bunch a of stuff. Right, you know? just it's it like it's just, oh, there's white apes coming. Oh, there's wait till you see the white apes. It's gonna be awesome. 
So if if if, if which which is the movie could have been more campy and yeah. possibly have been more successful as an overall package. Yeah, I see. Um, shit like that. What he's wearing, how he looks, the shaved head shit. That always strikes me as the cheesy shitty it's, space it, opera movie. It's the obvious way now. It's kind of it's kind of become so like, well, what else is that going? What else would a person like that look like? Yeah. How about fucking Zorg? Yeah, or anything, or not, or you know, not human. Wouldn't that be? I think, and I'm, I'm, I'm taking liberties with Edgar Rice Burroughs and the sanctity of you know, the Bible there. But uh, I, what if the, what if the guys who were like, yeah, you monkeys dance for us. What if they weren't human? Look, even humanoid. Mm-hmm. What if they were yet another weird variety of space creature going? Yeah, it's we, we mess with you. Yeah, we totally do. It's think what of we us do. as the managers. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just what we do. But if like you know the, the therns were like. <laughs> You know, large blobs. If they were like Jabba the Hutts, like, oh yeah, we totally make you dance for our amusement. It's a thing we do, and it works. Yeah, I mean, because they can change their appearance. So why do they have to be human when they are showing them? So maybe themselves? that's it. Maybe that's it. It's like, I, like I said, I'm just I'm just throwing out. I'm spitballing here. I'm 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 having a story session for a movie that was shot two years ago. No. But uh, but it's like if yeah, what do they look like? They probably don't really look human either. It doesn't really say. I don't think one way or the other. What if they like? Oh, you want to know what I really look like? This is what we look like. Blam! Oh, mm. good God! Well, we should probably all unite against you, awful things, whatever you are. I don't know if it ever actually goes to that point, but it sure doesn't in this movie, yeah. which would be great if it did. <laughs> that would have been nice. But, I suppose uh, they had to save something for the sequel. Grand. Oh no, that's a different movie. Sorry. So, so yeah, this is a point where I always think there's a point in any of these kind of movies. I've, I've certainly reached it in movies that I've been working on, where you know, however many of these people are real, clearly there's a, a real component to this epic scene we're watching. All these people, and they got up early in the morning, and you know, having that coffee and bagels moment. Like, okay, I'm guessing that's more or less a real shot, except for the digital animals. Um, did Dominic West lean over to Bikini Girl at one point and go, "What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> what is this movie we're making? What's going on?" Space Aladdin. Do you feel like this is going to suck? Does this feel strange to you? Something feels weird. I don't know. Everyone has that moment in a movie they're making, and the more ridiculous the things you're doing, the more yeah. likely you are to have yeah. that moment going, I'm not going to look like an asshole because I'm in this, right? This is going to work, right? <laughs> right? Is right. It? You promise? Tell me, half the time that's a director's job is to lie. And you go, oh, it's going to be so awesome. It's going to work. It's totally going to work. I, I, I wonder if, because many well well a lot of more um you know high class i i suppose you could say actors and stuff have are getting into movies like this or are performing in movies like this and i have to imagine it's because they've seen so many it's like okay those those work now it's okay you know they get on the set and they see all the green or the blue around them they're like yeah but i've seen i i know this will work out I'm pretty yeah. sure this will work out. Well, I mean, it, so. it goes back to at least as far as Alec Guinness with Star Wars, you know, like, oh, we have an actual distinguished British actor right. in our cheesy little, you know, Yeah, but he cereal. thought it was some bullshit at the yeah, time. Yeah, no, but he, <laughs> no, he did, yes. But, he, you know, that was that kind of marked, I think, the beginning of this trend sure. of, oh, we'll get Dame Judi Dench and put her right. in our... In our uh, 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 Vin Diesel movie, but you can—I mean—you can see that happen. Even you can see that happen in microcosm, even within the Harry Potter movies. Like, there's all these really, you know, uh, f- famed. Even in the first one, there's all these famed like English actors who you can kind of tell are sort of like, I don't know what's going on here, but I'm going to say the words on the page and stuff like that. And then 
even as as early as the second movie, and certainly by like the fifth by, or the uh, sixth. Azkaban, or there, yeah, but Azkaban is third, right? Azkaban is the third, but certainly by by the time they get to like you know Order of the Phoenix or whatever, they're like, oh, they've seen it, and they're like, oh, that's what. Okay, I got this, yeah. and so yeah. they're totally on board with it uh, from that point. So, I think we I gotta, talked. About I got to get into one of these before yeah. they've stopped making them. I so. think we talked about that, and at some point when we did the prequels, it, it, is that essential? You know, quality of the first people to really have to stand in front of a giant green screen with nothing, uh, you know, Sam Jackson or Natalie Portman or whoever and go, or Ewan McGregor and go, okay, there's a giant blah, blah, blah there. And there's nothing but a green wall, but you know, look at the moons, look at the moons and dodge the giant. They weren't the first either. I mean, Harrison, Harrison, Mark, and, but they were, they were, they were doing it too. They were the first to an extent greater than I think had really come along prior to that. Because even in the in the Star Wars, it's mostly not a giant blue or green screen. Yeah. As opposed to in the prequels, it literally is one <laughs> giant blue or green room and nothing else. But you know, as as that process has gone on, we have so many iterations, so many generations of movies that actors and everybody else can look at and go, "Okay, I I see what's going to happen here." I guess there's your answer to my earlier yeah. question. Immortally bulletproof. Also, you can just be overcome by a large toad. Yeah. Even though you run the universe. It's a fast toad. It's a fast toad. <laughs> he wasn't counting on how fast the toad was. Beware the fast toad. <laughs> <laughs> it's those fast toads, man. You got to watch out. That's, you know, it, I, like I said, it, it never, I never drew the connection. But, man, this is, this is a double feature with Chronicles of Riddick. And the only difference is one took its mythology from a hundred-year-old series of pulp novels and one just made it up. Yeah. yeah. But otherwise, it's... They're they're pretty much identical. There's a character in the center who's cool because he's tool. He's cool and he's badass. Why is he a cool badass? Because he's he cool care. and badass, and, and he doesn't care. Yeah, and he has a tough background. You don't understand, man. And what does he want to be not fucked with? Okay. And and what do the bad guys want? These guys are bad and do bad things. Like what? Badness. Oh. Okay. And you know what else? <laughs> Everything is very ornate, and a lot of things float. <laughs> And Colin, and go. And Colin and Fiori move. and Colin Fiori and Mark Strong are basically the same person. <laughs> yeah, they are. <clears throat> they absolutely are. But yeah, that's I, I in think fact, that's, in fact, you know, they both came to both these auditions. Yeah, <laughs> and one got one role and one got the other. In fact, what you what you just said is is a really good point about uh you know about Riddick and about John Carter. It's like a a, a hero kind of needs a goal. Right, it's like we talked about Luke Skywalker. He wants to do that. He wants to save the princess, and then he wants to save the princess. Actually, still because either way, <laughs> yeah. she's in danger. For first, she's on yeah. the Death Star, then she's in its path. But um, you know, basically trying to save the universe and stuff like that. John Carter, w- like if he had his druthers, he'd just be taking a nap. Everyone yeah. would just leave him alone. Or he, he would, would take a nap. He would go home. That's the yeah. only. That's the only goal he stated exactly. is that he wants to not be here. Yeah. So it's difficult to have an active protagonist when all he wants to do is be inactive. That's his ultimate goal <laughs> yeah. is to be left alone enough so he can be inactive. Yeah. Although if you knew that going in as the writer, you could actually make for a pretty funny movie. You, if, you, if you're willing to make it. A version yeah. of Die Hard where the guy who got thrown into it literally just wants to like recline. Yeah. You get, well, well, actually, and, it, and it has been done. It can totally work. And, yeah. and for, that, for that, I give you, um, I mean, I'm totally blanking out of the name of the Big Trouble in Little China. 
Uh, you have a yeah, you have yeah. a character in the middle who thinks he's a, that is played a little bit differently, but a character who thinks he's a hero never does anything. Yeah. <laughs> if you actually he does one thing at the very end when it counts, that's the one thing he does. But everything else is just him talking big and not <laughs> actually doing anything. You could you could do you could do the opposite. You could do a character who's just like yeah, well you know pretty awesome I guess. <laughs> you know what you do saving yeah. All right. Yeah. I guess could, that'd be Hancock, actually. You, yeah, you could actually you could go with that. Well, yeah, well, Hancock. There's talk about a tone movie that. Oh, uh, yeah. Hancock you know, is that's like, we should we should probably do that one someday. But oh, um, I'd love to do, do a I, commentary I, on yeah, that one because that's like that's like half the best movie <laughs> ever made, and the other half of what the fuck? It's it's two but, it's two really good or really promising movies that have yeah. no business being. But unfortunately, are, in are sharing the form. screen together. Yeah. But um, this moment here in the second where he's going to say, "At least you got homegirl out of there," and he says, "Actually, she's here with me," and he. <laughs> all I want, all I want, John, to say is, you said take her with me wherever I go. Yeah, here and I am. Here I am. You yeah. do the math. There is no loophole. I'm not fucking with it's you. The mis- it's talking about Star Wars is the missing ingredient of, of Princess Leia. I was like, oh, I risked my life to give you the plans, and you just brought them right back to me. <laughs> Thanks. When I was in custody, we should have sent them to the Marx Brothers. <laughs> that was not the idea. <laughs> we should have sent the plans to the Marx Brothers. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's fun. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's fun. Uh, we have fun. Good times. Good times. <laughs> we have fun. Good t- <laughs> He's so pissed. You literally asked him to take her with you. <laughs> well, you know, being a Thark is not about being a reasonable person. Yeah. No, because they're savages. Yeah. Bunch of with savages four arms. in this town. Bunch of savages. And forewarned is forearmed. Uh-huh. <laughs> Good night, everybody. That's, That's John Carter. Do you th- <laughs> How much longer is this thing going? I'll on? tell you the kind of. I'll, I'll tell you. This, I, I would tell you this, I saw this in the theater, yeah. and came home hating life and all humans who ever it existed, and wishing that <laughs> you do that yeah. often. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this Lately, summer, this at summer, least with Taylor Kitsch movies, it was this and yeah, this and Battleship. Battle, this was the, uh, and then Battleship was the. Nope, that's it. Humanity sucks. Hitler was right. I went Just off. kill them all. I went off. I went off. I went off. <laughs> And that's time. Good luck, everybody. I'm out like the dealer at Vegas, just like showing nothing up my sleeve. And good luck. Um, th- this point was the movie. Where, this point in the movie, I checked out to the point where I think I forget who it was. I had the conversation with. I think it was. I think it was uh, maybe Brian or whatever. I was like, was there a scene in that movie where he f- he fought monkeys or something? <laughs> and and then someone said, Yeah, yeah. There's a scene. It's like I woke up the next morning. And I was like. Wait, did I dream? That? I feel like there was a moment when there were monkeys in the movie, <laughs> big monkeys. But I. But that doesn't make any. That sense. doesn't register that I as something I actually saw. So I had so and then and th- when the same thing happened with me on this movie and Battleship, the climax happened. I missed it. You know, I like apparently there's a then they have a war and someone wins that war. Battleship suddenly everyone was wearing dress whites and standing in rows again, and I think did they win the thing? <laughs> Is it over? Where did I miss the part where they won a thing and and the movie ended? They just they were shooting, yeah, they and were it didn't seem like and, any different shooting. And then they got before. quiet for a second, and 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 then everyone was standing in rows wearing their dress whites. So apparently they won. So good for them. That's nice. Uh, this movie was exactly the same way. A bunch of CG came from this direction, and a bunch of CG came from this direction, and it all messed together in the middle for a while. And then uh, then it was nighttime, and he was married, and they were sleeping together, and it, it got quiet, and that's how I knew that he had won the war. So this scene. <laughs> This scene I completely missed. I somehow looked at it, or didn't look at it, or I was rearranging my sock drawer in my head or something. <laughs> I did not notice that this scene happened in this movie when I watched it. Something that I was noticing in the in the previous scene where they're in the in the prison together and, and chatting, it 
there's a really interesting thing going on with with Taylor Kitsch in the sense that like he he doesn't have a lot of charisma or anything on screen, but he's also equally believable whether he's talking to humans or CG. Like <laughs> in the in the sense in the, in the it's sense true that, you're right in the sense that he actually sells like when he's talking to when he's in the scene talking to Tars Tarkas, I believe. He sells that Tars Tarkas is there yeah. as well as he, when he's talking well, to I any think, actual I think it, human. I think it's because, because he is well, probably, there. Probably. Probably. If, if you get Willem Dafoe, if I'm, act, if I'm acting across Willem Dafoe. I'm not Willem taking Dafoe, my eyes off. Yeah, if I'm yeah. acting across Willem Dafoe, I'm paying attention too. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you can, you'll, be tell, you'll be able to tell that I'm listening. Um, but yeah, I, just with all the de- – we, we were talking about you know a room full of green stuff. I'm like, I believe him that he's looking at these – these yeah, that he's not actually things. in a room of, of yeah, of that he's green not walls. actually in a room of green walls. Bec- uh, but he's, it's still at the same level as when he's around <laughs> real things yeah. as well, which isn't very high. But I guess it's at least he's consistent. So then he fights the monkey, right? Yeah, um, yeah, and, and he, he the, basically the, is just this over and over. Uh, just keeps and, um, I, I, you know, it does. Did they use the same set? Yeah, pretty it was much. Just shot in the same, uh, same space. Just shot in the arena. same file. Yeah, <laughs> and load the same file. One, th- one thing that does bug me about this movie, and probably only me, is you're you're setting an entire movie on Mars, and there's not really even one shot that looks like it wasn't just shot in the Utah desert. Right. The whole thing just looks like the American Southwest. <laughs> what would you I rather see? I don't know if you've which, seen the pictures we're getting which, from Mars. Yeah. And, and yes, yes. <laughs> I, have I have made you seen the one that says, which you, you posted Yes, I posted it. it. Yes, yeah. this is what I'm about to so get at. So your point is, well, I go, okay, Yes, fine. okay. So, go ahead. And this, yes, this, the point of this being is like... I thought you were complaining, but don't pardon me. I am I'm, complaining. Oh, okay. Yes. Then, oh, then go ahead. Because both exist. Yes, there quite a bit of Mars does look like the American Southwest, and that's totally valid. However... There also happens to be on Mars a mountain that is three times the size of Everest and a canyon system that is three times deeper than the Grand Canyon and runs the entire length of the continental United States. Those things also exist on Mars and other cool things, too. It would be really nice if we used this movie as, as, as an excuse to see some of those alien landscapes that we simply do not exist on the planet Earth. Yeah. So some of those geological functions. I, if you're going to go to Mars and spend two hours on Mars... As somebody who would really like to spend two hours on Mars, I would really have liked to have seen at least a couple of moments where I go, okay, here we are on the Tharsis Bulge, or here we are uh, at the top of Olympus Mons, or whatever. And there's really not even a single shot for me in this movie that carries that that sense of it. And that just bothers me, because why, why bother? Why go to all this trouble? What are you thinking of? Like, what kind of geography are you wanting to see well the giant mountain or the uh, yeah. olympus mons uh or, valis marineris uh there's three there's pavonis because i think we see a lot Acrius. of interesting ge- like topography yeah, I mean, we don't see the real thing but we we see the amazing you know we, we do see topo- interesting this geography. is a pretty cool place we're here right now we do see interesting geography we don't see in my opinion any geography that couldn't be the american southwest that it really does look unique to I to see. mars sure i love how they handled that He's challenging. He's like, "All right, fuck it, I'm going in there." And then he's disposed of in one shot. That's literally. a very yeah. anime type yeah. of the way to yeah. do it. Yeah, bitch, please. This is how we do it in Virginia. <laughs> then we'd like to have a nice little babs and sit down Inter- and talk about. Interestingly you. enough, that feels like it wanted really badly to be a trailer shot, like it was designed for a trailer shot. Yeah. And I don't remember it in any of the trailers. I don't either. Them leaping at each other. Maybe they didn't get it done in time. 
possible. Okay, so he's on board with something or other now. So now fight, he's uniting the Native Americans <laughs> he's, with the he's rallying, South. He's rallying the people the who don't have a stake in the war. Yeah. To get involved. To get in. Because he, there's a hot chick. We ride for Zadanga. Wait, why? <laughs> we ate Wait, all of them. Which one is that? Now, there is, and I, I don't know, it's from the books or whatever, where there's, the, I, I, it was a huge risk, and it's one of the ones that actually paid off for me, because I thought it was pretty funny, where they, they built this big, we're attacking the city, except the enemy isn't there anymore. <laughs> yes. like two guards going, whoa, hey, guys. Uh, <laughs> They're in the other city. What's up? Why would they be here? Yeah. <laughs> On the eve of the attack, why do you think they would be at home? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is another great kind of, you know, Whedon-esque type moments in this grand yeah. space opera, like, ah, space opera! Oh, and that's oh. actually the, uh, and that's, they use it, I think they could have even played it up more, but they use it as the complication, like, you know, yeah, yeah well, they can't possibly fail now, except you guys just attacked the wrong city, yeah. so you got six minutes to get to where you need to go. Yeah. So, what what now? So, that, that's actually, that's, that's good storytelling. That's yeah. good sort of, you know, all right, yay! Oh, no! Fools we've, that we are. We've reached Navarone and we forgot the explosives. So <laughs> what do we do now? So That's a hell of a shot. It's beautiful stuff. It's a hell of a thing. Yeah, that was a hell of a thing. Oh, they've attacked Chinatown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's New Year's. No one's here. This guy actually looks... He's another one who... It's like, wait, isn't he the guy marrying Deja Thoris right now? What is he... Wait. <laughs> it looks like Dominic West. Yeah. <laughs> another maybe a little visual storytelling problem. <laughs> if only their armor wasn't exactly the goddamn same. That was actually... I, I, I like that moment itself where the, guy, the guy's like, yeah, they're not here. And Tyrus Tarkas smacks Taylor Kitsch upside <laughs> yeah. Literally just smacks great, him upside it's, that. It's a great one. That's uh, the kind of, you know... The the movie becomes that, yeah. but doesn't start off like that to let to to let you hook in. Like, oh, okay, it's gonna it's this. You know? it, it doesn't start off steadily. I think it starts off rockily in that because I think it's that yeah. it's that same tone with him escaping Brian Cranston's office for. Uh, yeah, it can't um, des- it can't decide if he's awesome or just someone who thinks he's awesome and is actually kind of a dork. Yeah, like it it well, goes I back mean, and I, forth. I, there's not a lot of movies that I can think of that need punch up more than this movie does. <laughs> that just need literally untighten the screws, guys. Just let's. Let's have some human, well, but let's have some believable reactions and under and a little funny. Not even it doesn't have to be funny. Like you know how, for instance, you listener aren't actually funny, but when you're talking <laughs> with someone, you smile and you're laugh. Not. You really, no. you know, like Taylor Kitsch also, just like the rest of us, not actually funny. But he could smile when he's talking every now and then, and, and he'd be a little bit more like, oh, f- <laughs> yeah, I screwed that up. Never mind. Sorry, I was, go over, start over, start over. Like moments, that kind of thing. I wonder. It just needs a little well, bit less. It's a. It it needs a little bit less of everyone in this movie playing the straight man. It's like s- somewhere in here, silly things are happening. The only thing Someone the, should realize that. The only one that that uh, sits in opposition to that is the guy when he. Oh God, I can't remember the Pure plot boy. points. James Pure boy. Yeah, he walks in. He's like, I hear you're very dangerous. Yeah. Kidding at me? Yeah. <laughs> Take me hostage. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah, I, want, I almost want him to be in the whole movie because he is the most fun. Yeah. <laughs> just just in that moment, it's like, wow, you're fun. Where have you been? All the, all my movie. I wonder what it would be like if you were at a party with Taylor Kitsch and or at the bar or whatever, and he told you a joke. What would that be like? 
I really cannot picture that. <laughs> what, do you, oh, what do you get mean. a kid with no arms and no legs for Christmas? <laughs> Cancer. <laughs> wow. Thanks, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what that means. <laughs> what just happened? I don't even know. I'm sure he can tell jokes just fine. I'm sure he can. Apparently, again, I, I'm sure he's, he's a very nice guy. He's a bit, I have, I'm just I'm told I he's a wonderful What expressions are we casting? Yeah. <laughs> when Taylor Kitsch tells you a joke, it makes your heart cry. I heard that on Down in Front. <laughs> there's a there's a whole meme about that, isn't there? One of those photo memes where it's like a. a, a uh, like a Taylor Kitsch photo meme? No, not Taylor Kitsch, but it's like a, a, one of those animals, like a uh, vice animals, like a chicken or something. It'll start. <laughs> it'll do a setup for a, a joke, but then like a very serious, like exactly like that. It's it's like anti joke chicken or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. something, something like, that. like that. And then it's like, wait, now he can fly. This is weird. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Well, because of the ninth ray. Mm. Oh, that's right. Yeah, actually, that's exactly why. <laughs> because he's got, he's got the ninth ray. And here's okay. Now, here's, now, now this is now the only thing. The only thing better minutes. when it comes to like staging a battle scene, if you've got two sides that are wearing almost <laughs> identical armor, do it in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the one thing that will save your scene and make it clear for the audience what's happening. I just thought of another one that this movie kind of looks like uh, along the lines of Riddick is Thor. Uh, a lot of the stuff that happens on Asgard kind of reminds me of this stuff. Different aesthetic, but same style of thing, where there's ornate costumes on big, expansive, you know, soft yeah. sticks shots of things that are lit orange and blue. Again, a, a very space opery, um, hokey kind of, you know, hard to make feel realistic uh, representation of whatever this is. Things that have gone through a hearty uh, process of space operation. Yes. Opery. Yeah. Okay, so anti-joke chicken, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Here's one. What's worse than finding a worm in your apple? The Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> the chicken does make an excellent yeah. point. <laughs> there's, there's, a horse walks into a bar. The bartender asks, why the long face? The horse, <laughs> incapable of understanding human speech, shits on the floor. <laughs> that is funny. I love, I love anti-jokes. So yeah, search anti joke chicken and you'll have uh, you'll have pl- plenty of fun. Uh, yeah, and then just cuts the dude's arm off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, harsh. Well, sometimes you know you got to tell a this Wayne Brady got to choke a bitch. I mean, <laughs> yeah, this is John Carter. Well, I feel like Dominic West probably feels something like the fuck did I do, and I feel that's an appropriate sentiment on his part. <laughs> I think that's you pretty... were campy and ridiculous. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> Cut your arm off. Go See, away. You had furry ruffles on the left shoulder of your armor, <laughs> as opposed to the good guys who have furry ruffles on the right shoulder of their armor, or all around the neck. As it, but at least they, they make a, a joke about that. He's like, no, 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 blue, blue, blue. <laughs> yeah. But in the little salute, like, oh, yeah. okay, you know. Strippinus corroborates what we have heard and just says that Baylor Kitch is a really, really nice guy. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I believe it. I do too. D- D- uh, Strippinus, did he ever, at every point tell you a joke? I'm, ser- <laughs> like, I'm not. God. I'm not trying to be mean. What have I done? I'm not trying to be mean. I just. <laughs> I. Re- this thing. I. I'm not trying to be mean. I just. I genuinely, legitimately, sincerely tried to imagine that and was unable to do it. I was unable to conjure an imaginary scenario in which I'm standing at a bar with Taylor Kitsch 
and he tells me a joke. How did we do this? Where we, <laughs> I'm sure he's we a very created, nice guy. Like, uh, we have created an unreal fact. <laughs> where it's like, oh, and if Taylor Kitsch tells you a joke, your heart cries. It's like, <laughs> I'm not saying anything of the sort. <laughs> I'm just saying he doesn't seem like he has a sense of if humor. If you beat Taylor <laughs> Kitsch in a fight, you become him. <laughs> oh, God, I, who would... <laughs> Can I just have his physique? Yeah. Well, I just yeah. want that. That's right. That doesn't sound like such a bad curse, actually. Yeah. Frankly. Because I think I'd get so well, much better in life hair, if I just so. looked like that coming out of the gate. Okay. <laughs> Bikini cat fight on Mars. I'm in. I'm down. Actually, that sounds like the Thank name you, of- movie. That sounds like the name of Brian's prospective favorite book. Bikini, Bikini cat fight on Mars. <laughs> I, I would read the, you know, yes. I would download the, the, the teaser- of that, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I'll, I'll, let me just get the first. Let me just you know, get, the get the first, first chapter on Nook. Let's just take a look. Yeah. Oh, there's pictures. There's yeah, pictures. this is worth okay. the nine bucks. Okay, nine bucks. Yeah. Bikini cat fight on Mars. That's a download. I would be surprised. Or that could be a great Aquabats no, album it, title. Well, or that, I mean, I, well, I would be surprised if there wasn't an ama- uh, issue of like astounding science fiction from like 1957 that had that title to it. Well, well, that's what this. I mean, isn't it true in the real in the actual books? Um, <laughs> bikini. Bikini tops. What are those? All the, you know, it's it's bare breasted. Oh yeah, there's supposed to be books. there's yeah. supposed to be nothing but nudity going on. Yeah, in this whole movie. it's. I mean, like I said, come on. This is this is. It, it it's the it's the twilight of its era, except for boys, and even more porny. I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah. that's all. That's all. This that's what the genesis of this is. Martian bikini catfight arena. Two. Ha! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, someone call sci-fi. And that, well, that, that's oh, yeah. That's another Too important point for them. That's another important point to make. We. The, you know, human beings have a tendency to have this nostalgia bias that you know anything from the past has this acquires this you know kind of literary weight and gravitas to it that didn't yeah. actually exist. I mean, we did the same thing to Shakespeare, and as we've made the point here before, Shakespeare made shit and jar- fart jokes. He did. <laughs> he also, you know, Hamlet is a very well-rounded and complex character, but there are also fart jokes in uh, Shakespeare, and it's the same thing. Like, okay, we look at. Princess of Mars, Edgar Rice Burroughs, anything else, and go, oh, this is weighty. It's weighty and uh, literary. It's like, no, it was... He he sold it so he could eat at the end of the day. (laughs) I think think Princess of Mars, it gets a lot of... Or, or, you know, in general, the John Carter series. um, I think it gets a lot of credit for the things it inspired. You know, someone someone read it when they were seven years old and excited about space porn for being and for and, being you know one of the first ones to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and thus in, inspiring all those things. Yeah, and then and then these people who read John Carter, you know, the John Carter stories, grew up, and the the ideas grew up with them. Yeah, and. and but the the original source did not grow up, right? Yeah. But it just it just gained this thing because the the ideas were developed and and actually became things that yeah. that were much. It's like more. that story, and it became a, a there was a conversation about it in the thread on on our forums so that where it was started as an IO nine article talking about how you know this some anonymous hack wrote a science fiction story in whatever it was eight in right. the nineteen hundreds, which has the first known time six of these. Tropes occurred oh, in yeah. any written form of fiction. Yeah, uh, it was just kind of a fascinating kind of thing to look at and go. Yeah, he was the first person that we know of that we found so far who wrote about X, Y, and Z, yeah. ray guns and airlocks in space and wearing a spacesuit when you go to another planet. You know, yeah. and all that. Kind it of- was. It was. It, it's a. It's a. You can find it on a forum. It's a yeah. crack.com article about. Oh, that's right. It's cracked. Um, yes, and it's it's an unauthorized sequel to yeah. War of the Worlds and, and called Tom, uh, Thomas Edison Conquers Mars yeah. or something like that. <laughs> so it's already fan fiction ripoff. <laughs> yeah. Well, but actually it, what happened in the story is that Nikola Tesla conquered Mars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but, the, but the point is, 
so you go, wow, that guy stumbled on a bunch of things, and he, you know, obviously he he was the first to kind of really conceive of certain things that we now take for granted in that entire genre, and and he doesn't get any credit for that, and and maybe that's unfair or or, or whatever. It doesn't mean if you go back and read that story, it's going to be the most awesome story yeah. ever. It's going to be an old, fucked up, weird, <laughs> dated piece of crap is what it's going to be. It's yeah. only interested in, for its historical value. I recommend um, everyone read Beowulf. <laughs> just so yeah. you, you know. Oh, yeah. Because everything comes from that. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, that, in the original. In the original. Yeah. In the original if you old English, yeah. But, um, but this, you know. Just add ease to You everything. do have to kind of go, okay. No, I that's love, middle English. I love John Carter when I was 14. Great. But you do have to take a little step back and kind of go, okay. They, they could know. have trimmed a lot of fat in this. Yeah. Uh, all the things that I like, I would like also if they had made some of the changes you guys are talking about. It just bit, made it a little yeah, bit more personal. A little bit less of it. Uh, but I do really, like I said, the John Carter part of this whole thing really works for me. It really does play exactly into that same old fucking hero's journey shit yeah. because sure. I really do want to go to Mars and bounce around and I'm, have I'm, a really, really fast toad dog. I'm sta- Yeah, I'm standing by my... my analogy that only just came to me here upon the third viewing of John Carter <laughs> and how I came to this point in my life. I have no idea because I vowed that you know, if there's one thing I know, I will go to my grave not having seen John Carter more than once. Or twice. <laughs> uh, so there you go. There, rules are made to be broken. But uh, I, I, I never really thought about it, but, but I, that's, my, that's my vote is cut all the politics and the, as much of the guys in armor as you possibly can and stay with stay with him because the guys in the armor are the ones bringing all the pomposity to the movie. Mm, yeah. You know, Carter's pretty. I fun. I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Carter's pretty fun right from the get go. He you know, he's the one who jumps out the window in wacky comedy fashion and all that kind of stuff. Um, just you know, trim a little bit of that down. But really, the the three setups that we get in the beginning, the one we don't need is, and the ninth ray will whiten your teeth and make you know <laughs> and do whatever. It's like it doesn't fucking matter. So cut it all out. And then just go with this core story, which is about a guy who, oh, my God, I'm on Mars. Oh, my God, there's a hot chick. Oh, my God, I saved yeah. the planet. Oh, my God, we're married. Oh, my God, I'm on Earth again. Damn it. I think that's, I, that's a good little little story right it, there. And you, you can even keep the bit where she's, you know, going to have to marry the, you know, the sure, big bad yeah. man from the other city. Because John Carter's like, I don't care. Yeah. I want to marry her, so I don't give a shit what's going on with with these guys because that was that was in there like we don't really see the 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 other <laughs> so question red is the skeleton is that brian cranston's yeah. character yeah that's the idea okay it should have some hair on it yeah it should have the custard hair. It, yeah a lot of time has passed yes yeah. okay. he didn't just get he didn't get transported back to the second after he just got transported back after his months and yeah. months on mars yeah I, i'm kind of uh, he was on mars for like in the story he was on mars for 10 years i don't think he's been there that long yeah i don't think that's how the movie's playing it but yeah. uh, I, and i found that kind of the, one of the more fascinating thing there's that this concept of you know oh so he's, he wasn't actually even transported to mars it's like a it's an avatar scenario yeah uh, yeah it was a, like a quantum leap kind of and a his thing. body is still back on earth that's kind of twisted and freaky and is that is it is the books like that is that I think I think that's what comes out later because okay. he is he is separated from his body. Like I said, he has like an out of body experience before he goes to Mars. So I think it is an element of there's a projection, but it's never explained in a Princess of Mars. So I can't actually say yeah. because, what happens because in the rest. it has to be that way because that's what the the whole ending of the movie that we're right. now finally getting to is predicated on that concept on the, on on that that being the case. Yeah. So as I, as I recall, this this part. Goes on a bit long too. Yeah. Well, well, this is just an extended montage, really, of just, <laughs> and that's got to be the lamest possible yeah. way to make a engraving of that mark. I'm going to cut my hand and r- rub a rag on it. 
Or maybe I'll just come back later with a camera on, or something. You've never been in a dramatic mood. You never felt it was so. I'm gonna yeah. slice my palm and use the blood of my four. You know, whatever. to make a to make a print. That's how I. That's how I make copies to this day. I, you know, and yeah. then and then trudge from this cave across yeah. this open desert. By the way, you're gonna want a bleeding hand. By the way, you're gonna want to cover that when yeah. I haven't apparently eaten in eight months. Yeah. Be careful in the rivers because never mind. But it's weird because, like you said, we spent we spent so much time with. Hey, we found the golden ticket. Um, we, sp- <laughs> we spent so much time with with this whole aspect of the story. By the time we got here again, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that was part of the thing, huh? With his nephew reading a story. Which, which by the way, is fine. His I'm nephew, okay with that. Yeah. You know, like, okay, you set something up, you let the audience forget about it, and then you remind them. That's totally kosher in terms of telling, you know, telling a story and making a movie. But the whole framing device is still not ultimately necessary. Also yeah. the part where he suddenly got rich. Yeah. I, I guess he found his gold or something. No. Oh, yeah, searching, oh I think I think that... <laughs> That's why. Well, I think searching... In searching for the... You Come know, on, the, if you find the, some gold on the side, you're not going to, like, yeah, searching, leave it. Searching yeah. for the device, I think he accidentally probably found some I, gold, but the point is he doesn't care Well, he was anymore. going through all the spider well, caves, that was, that the spider caves had the gold. That's yeah. why I just, I don't get the fact that he's rich all of a sudden. He could he could be poor, and the story would still be the same. Right. It's just like, yeah, your uncle, he just left you, you know, three boxes of, of dirt in this diary, yeah. you know, and here's his mausoleum, good luck. I mean, the, the fact that he has all these things and trinkets and artifacts is another, and I don't, again, I don't know if it comes from the book or, or if it's just a thing they, they, they put in the movie. But it's just, it's just, it, it struck me as weird because it's like, it feels like you can't do those expeditions unless you're already rich. You don't get rich by making those expeditions. Yeah. So, well, I, just, I mean, never mind. He had found the cave of gold. Well, at that's the that's what I'm saying. But he was just saying, you know, he got rich by finding artifacts. It's like, but you have to be rich to go looking for artifacts. I don't, I don't know about the artifacts. <laughs> so now so this I, kid was in Spy Kids. I think his name is Daryl something. Yeah, he was also he, distractingly for me. He was also uh, the kid from World's Greatest Dad. That too, yeah. He was oh, the kid. Yeah, right, right. What is either that? case, in either way. Oh, uh, wow. Bob kept Goldplay movie. We recommend. Amazing. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. great. You should definitely watch it. Uh, you should check it out. I do recommend World's Greatest Dad. But uh, this kid, like, I just remember him, Sabera, I think, or Sabrera, something like that. I, yeah. I, I remember his like, face from mm, Spike Kids, and it's so weird what his face looks like now. <laughs> He's growing into Tom Felton, kind of. Yeah. What's the name of the guy uh, from. Uh, Little Miss Sunshine and Cowboys and Aliens. Dano. Uh, Paul Dano. Paul Dano. He's he's heading into Paul Dano territory there. Yeah, he's all features. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's all he's all. Fe- you know how in animation you exaggerate a person's features. <laughs> he has there big he, eyes and big nose and is. big this, mouth and big chin and. Big now that you eyes, mention he, it, he really does look like a Pixar character. He does. <laughs> Wasn't he in Monster House too? <laughs> I mean, actually on screen in Monster House. And then for all the time they spent on on other things this was awfully rushed to sort of give you a chance of oh i get it and i get it and i figured out the mystery and but and, uh, you know we barely had a chance to kind of and now my uncle's dead you know it's like this the movie could have even breathed a little bit here by trimming some of the fat elsewhere i i felt I sort of feel like it was because we're sort of rushing to to tack on this ending yeah i mean we're rushing to set up this whole framing device of oh and then <laughs> edgar rice burroughs goes off to write the book but the book is real because yeah. it's yeah you know, it's actually happened to his uncle. You Which just, is like, you, does you that don't matter? Need, Do we care yeah, about that? You don't need any of that. Yeah. I like the I like the thing, and I, again, whether it's the screenwriting construct or whatever, but the whole idea of the, 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 the whole red herring, the whole, like, I can't find the medallion, but I'll pretend I did, and I'll draw yeah. one of those guys in, and I'll kill him, and I'll get his medallion. It's like, oh, okay. You, that was actually pretty tricky. Uh, yeah. I don't get this. He says, "Will you be my protector?" And the kid's fucking. Oh yeah, let's do this. And then they leave him here. No, he has to keep. He has to make sure his body doesn't get disturbed. 
That's what he's protecting. Yeah. He but says his, if his body actually stays there? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I his, thought he was literally transported. No, he gets pro- a copy of him gets projected to Mars, uh, basically. So if anything, he, he says if anything happens to his body here, his copy on Mars will die. So he has to remain protected here. Okay. And that's why the mausoleum and all that. Sure. So what, so what, is, so what does Burroughs do with a dead body? Huh? Bury him in the backyard? Well, he's yeah. in a mausoleum already. He just, no, 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 not... not John Carter. The Thurn. The Thurn. Oh, <laughs> the yeah. dead Thurn. Also deal with that. Yeah. Handle that for me, will you? I yeah. found an immortal space change, body change person. Yeah. That Uncle, just... I have a few questions. No time. <laughs> Sorry. Going to Mars. <laughs> hot chick waiting for me. Yeah. So long. I hope. It's been 10 years. Hopefully she's hopefully she's still hot. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> this movie really should have been called John Carter of Mars. Oh, well, there's yeah. no reason for it not to have been. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's a weird one. I mean, this movie is clearly a, the story of how he became John Carter of Mars. Right. Who and who... Who made that call? I have no idea. I can't imagine. It seems weird. The, the marketing, well, marketing My understanding is that it was that. something having to do with Mars needs moms not doing well, and they at the last minute. That, oh. that's <laughs> no, 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 no. He's not even joking, actually, uh, because I've heard that, that. No, that sounds plausible. And it, it does. I, I, but People I love hate the Mars. Idea. Oh, no. I, yeah, I love the yeah. idea. Mars, Mars needs moms, yeah. bombs, and they go. Well, clearly, the problem was the word was Mars. Mars. Yeah, <laughs> People hate Mars. Oh my these god, pe- we, they hate these cans. We made a Mars movie. Anyway, speaking of which, Mars needs mom is is is. Is a pretty good movie. <laughs> I actually checked it out. It's there's a lot worse movies than that movie that have been made. It's not perfect, but it's got some great stuff. Anyway, I uh, I think I like this movie more than anyone else on the panel does. It works for me, and I see the flaws that you know, the stuff that they'd like to see changed. I don't think I would dislike the movie they're talking about, but I do like this one, and it really works for me in, in certain ways. It's long. Uh, there's some things that I, I I forgot the second after I'd seen them, but there's Giacchino. Hey, who who knew? Cool. And um, oh, Giacchino probably did. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm sure. I hope it would be. Wait, I did this movie. Just Pixar Mafia. It's Stanton picks up the phone. Mike, movie. Yep, man. Cool. Yeah, uh, I like this movie. It's it's not one that I'm going to revisit that often. Uh, for for most of the hits I get off of this, I will either watch Star Wars or Avatar. But for the most part, this movie works for me. Um, not great though. Uh, I'm bummed for Andrew Stanton, and I I wish I had a time machine. <laughs> and I gotta say, bro, you gotta be careful because not everyone is gonna get it. You gotta you gotta really work on that aspect of it. Make sure that it's really easy to follow. For Actually, people. take my time machine back to like 1980 and then make this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get, sell this to Dino De Laurentiis <laughs> yeah. and get Schwarzenegger, which, which which of course came up. I mean, right. surely there was a De Laurentiis Schwarzenegger version of this movie that was being talked about at some point. I'm sure that had to have happened. And that could have been good campy fun that we'd look back on now going, oh, yeah. Dedicated that, to the memory of Steve Jobs? Yeah. 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 Wow. Pix- hey, Pixar. Pi- Pixar. All right. Don't be fooled. There's no, a Pixar right. movie. If, it, if we had gotten Conan in space, yeah. oh, my God. I'm sure yeah. we talked <laughs> about so it. Great. I'm sure yeah, that definitely. deal was set up at some point. Because I don't know that, if I because like that, that is but... because that is basically what what the John Carter series is. Yeah, that's you know, all it is. That, that yeah. kind of pulp, exactly. It's Conan, Tarzan. I mean, you know, anyway. it's Tarzan on Mars. Bill Corso, hey, Bill shout Corso. out, yeah, Bill. That's not a, my. Uh, he not designed. My... He designed. He didn't. He designed the makeup. He designed the whole spread, all the tattooing, and all that good stuff. Cool. Uh, not my favorite movie of this past year, but I do enjoy this movie a lot, and uh, I see the problems. But at the end of the day, I don't care that much. I would have cast everyone differently, but aside from that, Brian, except James Purefoy. Pure Foy is fine. And Cranston, I don't mind. Why not? What, I, I, come I on. Love, I put, love put him anywhere. Cranston, no matter what. This, this no matter what. Just, he, you know, he's like salt. You put it on anything, it just makes it taste it, better. Mm-hmm. David Schwimmer as young Doug. Doug. No, sorry, dude. Ross for life. You can't escape it. <laughs> anyway, uh, Brian? Um, yeah, I mean, it's not, 
it's not a great movie. It's not really a, a good movie, but it's an okay movie. It's <laughs> not, it's uh, it certainly doesn't deserve the the fate that it's been uh, given. I if we're giving th- uh, things letter grades, I would give it like a C, like a solid C of a film. It's like okay, uh, it's not a it's not a disaster, but nor nor is it a success. In the so. chat, Strapinus says, "Hey, look, you want to see my name? Over five hundred artists went uncredited on this one. Ooh, Oof. yeah, 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 yeah. five hundred. God damn." I don't even... Dorkman, if your name is on this fucking movie, Trapinus <laughs> is going to find you and kill isn't. you. It's not. Oh, boy. My, and, did this, you check? I did check. This, uh, my, name is not, uh, my name is not listed under the uh, 3D computer. Nor is mine. At least you got that. the Avengers. <laughs> I did get the Avengers, yeah. which probably another 500 people at, at D-Nag and elsewhere didn't get. Um, but were you done? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, take it away. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, because suddenly we're... But, yeah, it's, uh, now it's all crazy out of order. Yeah, this... Like you guys are saying, I don't, I don't hate this movie. Like there, are, there are movies, right? That I'm like, oh, <laughs> that I hate, and they make me angry that they exist. Um, this is not one of them. This is a, like you say, it's a, it's a perfectly adequate movie. It's not great. Um, it's not. I, I don't hate it, but it's not a movie that I would. Aside from today, it's not a movie that I'm ever likely to watch again. You know, it's not something that that. I go, oh, I really want to see that scene, or I really enjoyed this or that or the other. Um, there's nothing about it that draws me in, that that's draws me back to it. There's not even any particular scene that's great. Like, oh, I'm going to pop this in just to watch those two yeah. scenes. And it, whose who's quote is it that's like, all you really need to make a great yeah. movie is like two good scenes. Yeah, and then two good scenes and a, you know, a decent ending. And, yeah. You know. And it doesn't it doesn't have even like one really great scene that you go that that was awesome. Yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of great work by you know hundreds of people whose names aren't even on this thing. But you know what? You probably dodged a bullet there. And uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it, there's a lot of great work, but it all ultimately doesn't come together into anything that you know. It's 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 not like Star Wars or anything. It's not something that, that I I think even if you showed this to a kid, there's there's not a lot. That a five or six year old is going to really latch onto, and this is going to become like their favorite movie. Yeah, I don't know about that. This is just I I I feel like this is there's no five year olds latch onto some some shit. It's well they'll like Woola. Yeah, Woola is about all you got. Well, they like aliens. They like fights. This is but 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 they can get that anywhere. There's no reason that this would rise above any of the others. You know, that's that's all I'm saying. So yeah, it's a it's. For for all that it it comes from you know this this really famous seminal novel, um, I don't think the movie itself is going to ultimately be remembered aside from as a a horrendous uh, bomb, <laughs> which is which is unfair because it's not that bad. It's just yeah. not particularly good. Agreed, Trey. I I'm, I'm gonna I agree with you on on everything except for what you you opened with, which is that you're not angry at this movie you don't hate this movie <laughs> uh, and but 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 not for any reasons we talked about a reason that we've only barely touched on um yeah this movie is a perfectly adequate you know well done you know with moments there are many worse movies this movie cost 250 million dollars oh. someone needs to not be in the movie business anymore yeah that is someone's I'll, I'll, fault I'll that. someone needs to lose their job <laughs> and I don't know if it's Andrew Stanton or I don't know if I think it's more likely somebody above Andrew Stanton who said, keep spending, Andrew. It's going to be great. Uh-huh. And never said, oh, my God, 
hold on, let's be adults for a second. <laughs> let's just think about what the hell we're doing Oh, here. God, we got to buy our way out of <laughs> yeah. this now. Yeah. Good Which money they, after there's that. There's evidence that they started to do it kind of late, but it was too late, and the ship had sailed, and the trailer was out, and like, oh, God, we're on a, sitting on a fucking turd here. Um, they, they knew... The last couple of weeks, they knew. They knew that they were in trouble with it. Well, that's why, they, that's why they practically buried it in the that's, advertising. They're like, fuck it. We're not even going to spend money. Yeah. And now we're just going to start backing away slowly. But it wasn't just the advertising. It was like, no, this movie's not It's not going to happen with this movie. This movie is not that great. Um, and again, a, a book that's, that's not in print anymore officially, but you can find used copies. In fact, I'm looking for a used copy because I gave mine away years ago and I want to read it again. Final Cut, which is about written by the studio executives who greenlit and continued to support Heaven's Gate all through production. And it's a fascinating book because it tells the story from the studio side about why they kept backing that horse even <laughs> as it became notoriously crazy out of control and over budget. And every decision, they explain, here's why we, we said, okay, we, you know, we're going to keep rolling the dice. That's a quadruple failure. That can't yeah, happen. And they kept doubling <laughs> it's down. It's got to be instrumentation. So, so the only thing wrong with this movie, it's perfectly fine that this movie is a misfire. I'm, I've, I've made misfires. We all have. We're all going to make more of them. But... Someone should have said not for two hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah. That's insane because I don't see two hundred and fifty million dollars worth of anything on the screen in this movie. It's true. That's maybe a hundred, you know, yeah. like ultimately. At a hundred million dollars, first of all, wouldn't have been such a big bomb. Yeah. What makes it notorious is it was cost two hundred and fifty million. Yeah. What, what, what that's is the, a mistake. What is the officially announced might be right, might be wrong, budget for Avatar? Two hundred and something, I believe. Yeah. Stripinus? Oh yeah, yeah. Been on <laughs> the officially announced one I think is is like a, yeah. a quarter of a billion. Because I've heard I've heard tell that it's, it's, it's more it's, it's more dollars. it's more like yeah. three more, yeah. three three five something like that. Yeah, but they they don't. But you're also talking about ten years worth of research and development yeah. is a totally new technology. Not to mention all the marketing, but whatever. But yes. Anyway, so John Carter of Mars. That sure did happen. A thing that happened. This has been Down in Front. You can always find more episodes at downinfront.net. Subscribe to us on iTunes to get a brand new episode every single week. Twitter.com slash Down in Front. Facebook Down in Front Show. Email us at Down in Front Show at gmail.com. Go to the forum. It's fucking awesome. Just do it. Just go to the goddamn forum already. It's cool. We got a lot of good people. We got a lot of threads. We're always doing stuff. It's fun. It's cool. The chat room's there. And in the middle of the night, you can at least talk to Spork and ask you how to <laughs> talk about Minecraft. Right. Talk about Minecraft. There's all, we, there, whatever you're into, we do it there. Just come. Please come out. Come in. Nobody comes okay. to my happenings. Get, getting a little needy there, Jake. Yeah. Uh, wow. just, just take it easy. But don't send us money. And uh, don't buy our shirts. And uh, <laughs> that's it. Don't, don't, yeah. don't give Holden uh, all the props in the world for designing and maintaining the website. And until next week, my name is T. Christie. Brian Finifter. Mike Scott. Trace Oaks. And this has been Down in Front. Thank you much for listening. Good night. Good night. Barsoom. I should note the on the, the 3D credits, I, I'm not credited, but like everyone who was sitting around me was. <laughs> but but also someone from uh, TFN, Brian Higgins, was the road right. supervisor. And this was credited, a 3D movie? So. They did what, was his, 3D? what was his handle on TFN? Uh, I actually don't remember what his handle was on TFN, but so he was just, from there. Uh, so oh, you that's just, the one thing I'm grateful for is yeah. I, I, I thank God I didn't see this thing in 3D. <laughs> oh my God, then I would have hated it officially for life. Because then you would have spent 250 million dollars on it. Yeah, really. Friendsinyourhead.com.